Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Jazakallah khair for uh, joining us on the Thought Adventure podcast. And today uh, we're going to be discussing what's logic got to do with it. Uh, alhamdulillah, we've, we're, I was waiting for Yusuf. Uh, I got the message that Yusuf... Came out of nowhere. He <laughs> came out of nowhere. Yusuf and Abdurrahman were like putting the kids to sleep. So I was mm. a bit like, should we start or should we not? Should we wait for him? But alhamdulillah, he, at least Yusuf's here and Jake obviously is here. So we're going to be discussing about the topic, what's logic got to do with it. Uh, as always, uh, we'll have an introduction for the first 45 minutes uh, or so, and then we'll offer opportunities for people to uh, join us in the discussion today. Uh, you know, generally related to the topic, but, you know, obviously uh, we, we might expand it out a little bit if there's uh, other people wanting to ask other things. Uh, so, Yusuf, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaykum salam wa rahmatullah. How's things, bro? How's uh, what's been happening? Anything yeah, new? Anything exciting? <laughs> no, I've just been spending the day with my daughter, and uh, I found out that uh, there's a good way to get her to like tidy up. Is um, I've developed this this system where I just say, uh, I'll give you sixty points if you can tidy up all your mess in the living room, and she goes sixty points. Oh like, yeah, sixty points. <laughs> and so then she just runs around, blasts the living room. I go, oh. Like you got, you you got sixty points, and then twenty points oh. if she's a good girl. Yeah, and, uh, okay. I, and she goes straight to bed and no messing about. But then I end up bloody <laughs> falling asleep while I'm putting her to bed as well. And so, <laughs> that was Jake. How's things, man? What's been happening with yourself? Salam. Uh, nothing really. Just preparing for a debate with Samuel Green next Sunday, so a week from today, inshallah. Oh, that should be exciting. What's the uh, topic? Yeah, is the incarnation coherent? Okay. So, you know, obviously I'll be arguing no, and Sammy will be arguing that yes, it is. And uh, that'll be on the SE Dawa channel next okay. Sunday, inshallah. So hopefully, inshallah, the uh, the viewers from here will be able to check Jake's uh, uh, discussion debate out uh, with uh, Reverend Samuel Green. Reverend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, inshallah, let's uh, let's begin, inshallah, with the discussion today. So, today we're talking about the idea. Really, let me maybe give you a bit of a background. Um, as uh, as I'm sure the viewers know, uh, Jake's a no nonsense type of guy. Yeah, <laughs> if uh, he's uh, you know, alhamdulillah, you know, we keep him. Uh, he's generally chilled on our channel, but he is generally a no nonsense type of guy. And one thing that really perturbs him, really doesn't, he really hates, <laughs> gets really, <laughs> you know, is when people start using words like it's a, it's a contradiction or it's, a, it's illogical. It's a logical contradiction. Things like this. Uh, or I'm doing, it's logically incoherent. I'm doing an internal critique and these types of things. And so what mm. happens is that people tend to throw out these words uh, uh, like it's illogical or logically impossible or impossible without really understanding what they're saying. And so uh, we thought, uh, well, we we obviously did agree, but also Jake was like, no, we've got to do a show on this topic. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he pulls rank and he tells us we've got to do a show on the topic of logical contradiction and logical impossibilities, yeah, and to understand this. Because I think it will help the, the discussion further, particularly those people who disagree with us. They will understand better what it means 
to present an argument and uh, you know hopefully inshallah that'll be a good thing so maybe just the first couple of questions that i was going to ask uh, the brothers here is oh we've uh, got abdul one, in the house oh salams abdul captain abdul how you doing bro <laughs> so yeah so the first question i was going to ask uh was uh just generally, you know, why is logic important? You know, sometimes people just sort of think, nah, logic, what's all that about? I don't know, Yusuf, if you want to give it like a very brief why logic is important. Yeah, <laughs> or is so, it important? Yeah, definitely it is. So it relates to argumentation and it relates to specifically um, the the connection between statements and whether or not something does follow from something else. And so when we're talking about logic specifically, it's about arguments. It's about you have something that you think people should believe. You have a proposition that you want people to hold or you want them to do something. So either you want them to believe something or to act and um, do something in the world. And then you give justifications or reasons in order to motivate them in order to do it. And those justifications and those reasons... Um, necessarily lead to the conclusion um, that you want them to believe either in terms of necessity or probability. Um, so necessity, this would be called a deductive argument. So you've got a number of propositions, proposition one, proposition two, and then you have a conclusion which follows from that. And there's no debate about it. Like a good example that's usually given on this is um, Socrates as a man. All men, all men are mortal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, jumping on it. There we go. And, uh, <laughs> no, no, I was saying, all men and mortals normally the first one that they give, first premise. It, yeah, well, to be honest, it, with logic, the yeah. the order doesn't matter. So yeah. the premises, premises one and two, can be either way. Um, what matters is that the conclusion follows from these. So Socrates is man, all men are mortal, or all men are mortal, Socrates is a man. Therefore, Socrates is a mortal, mm. and. You know, this does follow from the conclusions and it necessarily follows. Now, th this is to do with logic. Now, whether or not something is logical or not is separate from the notion of its truth. So we begin by discussing about validity um, and we can talk about whether or not certain premises are true later on. And this is in reference to what uh, we call it's whether or not the argument is sound. A sound argument is when it is both valid, that is the conclusion necessarily follows from the premises, and the premises are true. If the premises are all true, the conclusion necessarily follows, therefore the conclusion is necessarily true. And this is obviously deductive reasoning. And then you have um, inductive reasoning, which is to talk about probability. Mm. So you, you, um, you're talking in terms of like, you know, um, most of the swans that I've seen are white. Um, you know, there are swans at the local park. The next time I go there, um, it's likely that those swans will be white. Um, and you're, you're saying it's likely here because you're open to the possibility um, that there are other kinds of swans. For example, there are black swans. So there is a small possibility that you will see one. And so it's it's not illogical to make reference to the fact that it's very likely that whatever swan you do see, that the swan will be white. Um, because this is, again, it's making reference to chance, to possibility, hmm. and you're making an inference to that which is most likely. Um, so that's uh, inference. And there are, there are some others that we can get into them as well, if you like, but those are the basic ones. Yeah, um, and so obviously you got why it's important. 
Yeah, so you've got a deductive syllogism, you have inductive syllogisms, you have abductive syllogisms. Um, But maybe, Jake, uh, maybe if I could uh, ask you, how necessary is it? Because obviously, you know, you have a special branch of, you know, studying kid philosophy of logic, you know, you have specialist logicians. Are we basically saying you can't have a valid argument, you can't have any discussion about these types of topics unless you've studied in-depth logic? Uh, No, we're not saying that, but I do want to um, give a bit of background. (laughs) This is is what Sharif was saying about why I think this um, subject is important and why I requested it. Because we're getting into the realities on this channel in particular, we use a lot of uh, sort of rational argumentation for justifying beliefs, discussing other worldviews, discussing points. And part of that discourse is being able to recognize good arguments and bad arguments, right? And then trying to follow through the conversation with the points that are being made. And I think what, and I'm not speaking for myself here because I think the other brothers agree. What we notice is that many times when talking to other people, and obviously we're not perfect, but when talking to other people, they at times make arguments that they think they're pointing out a contradiction in our worldview or somebody else's. And this happens with the Muslims as well. So it's not like I'm picking on atheists or Christians or anything like that, but it happens so frequently. And what we started to realize is that people don't really understand what actually a contradiction is, what a good argument is, what a bad one is. And so that's why we wanted to do this stream to try to clarify things so that the type of discourse that we're having on tap, people can do their best with this maybe video as a very basic level thing. And obviously it's not going to cover everything, but as a basic level foundation for the type of discourse that we have on tap. So that's primarily the, the, the reason why I suggested it. And the other brothers said, well, yeah, that that's basically a good idea. Um, so yeah, now getting back to the issue, Sharif, what exactly was your question again? Yeah. So I was just saying that, you know, cause logic is quite, can be quite complex. You know, you have yeah. things like first order logic, fuzzy logic, and then you have mm-hmm. classical logic. Uh, so the question then becomes, you know, how much do you need to know these things in order to make a, you know, in order to build a, a worldview in order to understand arguments and ideas, you mm-hmm. know? Is it the case yeah. I have to go and study logic at you know high level before I can really build an argument? Or no, no. So what what I would argue is that the the basic type of reasoning, or when we're talking about logic here, we're talking about a particular way of reasoning. Now I know that in the title of the video we're going to eventually get to contradictions. But the basic way of reasoning from from one premise to another and having a conclusion that follows validly by the rules of inference uh, from from the premises, that's what a valid argument is. A valid argument is one in which the conclusion follows from the premises, right? And then a sound argument is one in which not only does is the structure of the argument valid, but the premises are true. 
And because the conclusion follows from the premises that if they're true, the conclusion is also true. Now, this might sound like, oh, well, Jake, you just you just went off on this and this proves that uh, you do need to study. No, the this is just the type of words that are used in the vocabulary that are vocabulary vocabulary. Sorry, guys, that is used to explain this idea. But this sort of reasoning process is, I would argue, is intuitive. It's something that we do every day. People do it every day like, oh, okay, I'm waiting for the car to turn. So, you know, if I were to turn now, he would hit me. And everybody understands in their daily activities without even really knowing what they're doing. They're going through a reasoning process, which are using like if then, for example, condi conditional statements. Well, if I do this, then this will happen, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And, and, and then they're saying, well, I don't want that to happen. Therefore, I'm not going to do this, yeah. right? So it's like, well, if I just go ahead and go through the red light, I'm going to get hit by a car and I don't want to get hit by a car. Therefore, I'm not going to just burst through the red light. You see so, children doing the same thing as well. Yeah. So they'll like they don't want to get into trouble and they know yeah. if this happens, then I will get into trouble. Therefore, yeah. I don't want this to happen. So they, they know <laughs> they have to conceal certain information or they need to avoid certain kind of things. Or like if they have done something, they, they have yeah. to think of ways in order to sort of get away with these. And we found so out recently from um, Brother Yusuf that when you actually incentivize the children and tell them that they're going to get points for things that they do, they're less likely to try to conceal these things and be naughty, naughty. So, <laughs> yeah, so that was good. But, yeah, that's another example. So um, you can even see this type of behavior, I think Yusuf's point was, very early on even in a child. And mm. so I we're giving sort of examples that explain what we mean by a basic reasoning process that everybody undergoes. And nobody's thinking like, th people think in terms of that vocabulary, well, if I do this or this, and sometimes it happens so fast in the mind that you don't even realize that you're doing it. But the point is to answer Sharif's question is, everybody engages in their daily life in this basic reasoning process. And sometimes um, some people do it more consistently than others. Sometimes you make a mistake. There are certain things that um, maybe we'll get to it later on as sort of pointing out the most common fallacies in reasoning that people make without necessarily recognizing it. And so you don't need to study uh, philosophy or logic at a university to be able to uh, reason properly, although I think it would help. Uh, because it points out some of the common mistakes that people make and to be aware of them and know how to avoid them is a good thing. But on a very basic level, reasoning from one premise to another to a conclusion is intuitive. People do it on a daily basis. And what we want to do with this stream is just point out more in detail how that works, how what are some of the traps that people fall into, what exactly a contradiction is and what it isn't. And so that maybe it'll facilitate for future discussions on tap, um, you know, not just the audience, but us as well to be clear on, you know, how we're going to proceed and how these conversations should be analyzed, basically. Yeah.
Uh, Abdul, inshallah, I'll bring you in. Uh, so, uh, so really, another another question I just wanted to ask is, um, could you just really briefly talk about like the three main propositions that that exist? Yeah, obviously, you know, for the audience and everybody who's listening today, you're asking Abdul. This is right? Yeah, yeah, Abdul. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Mutes, yeah. But I'm just saying for the audience as well. It's like this is really basic stuff. This isn't, we're not going into some, you know, crazy detail or anything like that. I'm sure the brothers here can go into more detail. But I just want to make it so clear, so easy, so that people can understand the basic, bare minimum levels of a, of a, a good argument or good discussion. So I, I, I don't know, uh, Abdurrahman, if you want to just give some sort of. Sorry, I, I didn't. Know, I didn't hear the answer. I apologize. Yeah, the question was, be, yeah, the, the question, question, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The question was, was uh, can you just briefly outline what the three main propositions are? Well, actually, just could you explain yeah. what a proposition is as well, maybe? That's well, a... Uh, a, a, pro a proposition is just, a, a proposition is basically, uh, like in philosophical language, it's called a truth bearer. It's basically a sentence that contains a truth value. It's either true or false. So that, that's basically what a proposition is. Right. Okay, then. So could yeah. you explain maybe what are the three main propositions that we have? Are, are you talking about the laws of logic? Uh, well, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, you okay. know, no, no, not Impossible. the laws of logic. Sorry, not the laws of logic. It's a proposition. So, you know, so like... like oh, oh in terms of modality. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so They're saying so, yeah, that Brother Threef of... is a gem here, by the way. We, we had a recent argument. Who's the uh, favorite that people... The audience has on tap. I, I, I think it's becoming more more clear. People love Sharif, but that's okay. Yeah. It's fine, guys. Yeah. But anyway, so, go ahead. So uh, yeah, so in terms of uh, modality, so in terms of like logically possible, logically uh, uh, necessary, and uh, uh, and impossible. So we have statements that are logically possible. Statements that is log logically possible is basically a statement that is not a contradiction or does not entail a contradiction. Now, a contradiction is simply, you know, uh, uh, the conjunction we'll get on to of contradiction. A and not A. Yeah. Okay, yeah so, yeah, so okay. So, uh, a basically, a. a and not A. So, if something basically doesn't uh, boil down to it can't, if it can't be reduced to a contradiction, then it it is said to be logically possible. Or if it doesn't entail a contradiction, because if it entail, if you can derive a contradiction from it, then uh, then you could you could uh, then that is also you know, uh, 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 not logically possible. So logically uh, necessary truths are uh, are like uh, the laws of logic, you know, uh, mathematical truths and stuff like that. Things that must be, uh, 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 you know, things that uh, their absence would entail some kind of a logical contradiction. And uh, a, a, a logical impossibility is just simply the opposite of a logic pos logical possibility. Which is basically something that is or entails a logical contradiction. Okay, so a proposition is like a truth bearer, some sort of, you know, maybe in common language we say a statement. So a statement that could be true or false, that statement, that proposition could be logically possible, logically impossible, or logically necessary. Yeah. And so uh, I don't know if you could give me an example of a logical possible proposition, Abdul. Um, some crazy a, one. There is some a crazy pink elephant. There's a pink elephant playing video games behind the moon. Okay, 
Right. So that's, that, that's, logically, that's, that's my favorite that's, position. My favorite that's logically position. possible, <laughs> apparently. So logically yeah. possible. So in that context, when you say something's logically possible, you're not saying it's probable or plausible. No. It, yeah. Yeah. So the most ridiculous thing in the world can be logically possible. It just it just doesn't. It just isn't, or does not entail a logical contradiction. Yeah. Like okay. for, another one would be uh, the existence of the universe popped into existence five minutes ago. It's one of right, my favorite so ones. Yeah. It is so technically so possible with all of the history, all your memories, all of that. That all of that was created five minutes ago. But you could also okay. say six minutes, seven minutes, etc. So yes, yeah, so so a logical proposition, logical proposition is any proposition that does not entail a contradiction. Yeah, so it's logically possible. It doesn't mean it's true. Yes, yeah, I think that's really important. It just means it's a possibility. It doesn't uh, entail a contradiction. So Jake. Uh, Let's let's talk about it, man. What's a logical impossibility? What does that actually mean? Yeah, sorry, I was trying to unmute my mic there. Um, yeah, so I think the example that Abdul gave and and also Yusuf was good about logical possibility because <clears throat> I think when you contrast it with what I'm about to say, I hope people will understand it because people are saying, well, how is that even logically possible? It sounds so bizarre. It doesn't make any sense. And, well, yeah, it does. None of us really think that that exists, right? And uh, we don't think that it's probable at all. Um, but when you're saying that something is logically impossible, what you're basically saying is that the, the sentence or the phrase or the claim, whatever is being made, it literally doesn't have meaning. It doesn't even really make any sense. And so you can just by the words alone derive a an internal contradiction within it. That's what makes something impossible. So an example of this would be like a married bachelor, right? And so we all know what it means to be married. We all know what it means to be a bachelor. A bachelor is an unmarried man. And so when you say that there exists a married bachelor, you're literally saying a married, unmarried man. Well, that's a contradiction because now the man is both married and he's unmarried. He's not married. And so within that phrase itself, there's a contradiction. Now, I hope people can see the difference between that and the example of, uh, I think uh, Abdul said, <laughs> an elephant playing video games behind the moon. There's a difference between that because although it sounds so bizarre, there's nothing within the wording itself that renders the sentence or the proposition meaningless or self-contradictory. Whereas with the married bachelor, it is a internal contradiction. Same thing would be like for a square circle, right? So we all know what a circle is. We all know what a square is. To say that there's this thing, which is both a square and a circle simultaneously, and let's just give it the name of, of a square circle, not a circle which is squared or a square which is made into a circle. That is certainly possible. But something that is simultaneously a circle, right, and also a square, a square which has four angles and a, and a circle which doesn't have it, to say that you can have a square circle is contradictory, right? And so uh, these are some examples, some basic examples for the audience. I don't want to pile on too many. But when we talk about logical impossibility, we're literally saying that the, the phrase or the sentence is contradictory such that 
it, it has no meaning that you can't even really imagine of it. You can't, you can't even conceive of it in any meaningful way. Uh, and something like a uh, married bachelor or square circle would fit the bill. Now, practically speaking, I'll give an example. If somebody comes up to you and says, well, hey, you know what, uh, Brother Sharif, I, I've got this new invention for you. I've got a square circle in my back pocket. I'm going to pull it out and I'm going to show you. Well, already before he's even pulling it out, you're imagining, what is this guy on about? There's something, <laughs> something wrong with him. There's, no such, there's not even a possibility. There's not even a remote possibility that he could have a square circle in his back pocket, right? Now, you might get a similar reaction with the elephant on the moon thing, but um, it's not in the same realm because at least the statement itself is meaningful. So um, I don't want to get too far into the weeds, but I hope that's simple enough. Yeah, as an Jake, example. could you could you just could you just com like comment on this because I think it's related. This comment right here, I think it's related to this. He's using logical in a different way. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, we actually did a whole stream on this, guys. And what we're going to do, um, I think if we have time, we're going to try to bring up examples based on conversations that we've had on tap in the past. And we're going to say, OK, here's an example of what a contradiction is. Here's an example of what a contradiction is not and try to show the difference. So we're going to, uh, I think, try to reference previous conversations that we had before we let guests on. But yeah. one of the streams that we did, we did an entire stream on miracles and whether or not miracles are contradictory. Are they illogical, I think was the exact phrase. Yeah. Uh, I would have to. So, uh, Yusuf, if you could actually pull it up and post it in the chat for, for, the, for the fellow who answered, asked that question. Uh, I would suggest watching that for a more detailed uh, discussion on miracles and whether or not they're illogical. So yeah. without going into too much detail with that, no, the idea of the moon being sl split or a miracle is not illogical. It might be highly improbable or seem so astonishing. And I think even as Muslims, we would agree with that because it, it doesn't fall under the natural order of things. You don't see these type of things happening every day, so to speak. But there's nothing illogical about it in the sense that when we talk about in terms of it strictly being a, a contradiction, the moon being split in half, there's nothing contradictory about that in the same way that you can derive a contradiction from the statement that there is a square circle or that there is a married bachelor. Within the meaning of the words itself, you can derive a contradiction internally such that the statement becomes meaningless. Now, when I say that the moon was split in two, you're like, whoa, that seems a bit bizarre. And yeah, I'm with you there. But there's nothing within that statement itself that is contradictory. You could not derive a contradiction from that wording alone in the same way that you could with a married bachelor yeah. or a squared circle. And so I think if people want a fuller defense of how miracles are not actually uh, logical contradictions, I think you should watch that stream. Yeah, yeah. I, I and, think the problem... Sorry, go on, you're subscribed. Yeah, I was just going to say, and, and this gentleman here, he could probably just zoom straight to the beginning of this video and then just mm -hmm. start from the beginning because I think we explained pretty well why this just shows a basic lack of under, uh, misunderstanding with regards to what 
like something being illogical is. So um, like Jake was saying, things might sound bizarre, um, but we've got examples of things sounding bizarre and sounding strange all the time. And the, the bizarreness of them is not reason enough to dismiss them. The yeah. results, for example, from the double slit experiment are very bizarre. They're very weird. But, you know, it doesn't mean that the results don't occur simply because they're strange or simply because they act counterintuitively. The scientist says to you that, you know, a particle is in a superposition. Um, you know, that, that sounds very bizarre, but just pointing out that something is strange is not enough um, to be able to dismiss it. So there are conditions in which something can be possible. So, for example, this idea of a, an elephant playing on a computer game behind the moon like you can envisage conditions in which that becomes possible like you if you it is possible we can for example go into space we can maybe fire an elephant over there and you know there could have been some secret <laughs> mission <laughs> you're, so, you're giving too much details no 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 but basically there are possibilities there are conditions yeah. in which these things can occur um and allow these sort of things to happen within the statements themselves so you can have atomic statements and compound statements. So atomic statements is just one claim, like, um, you know, this is made of metal. This is metal. Um, a, a compound statement is like, this is, and then you have like a conjunction, like and or an or or something, and then another statement with it. And contradictions arise generally out of compound statements with conflicting elements within them. So you'll have proposition A at one part of the statement, <coughs> And then proposition not a in the other in such a way that you're you're making them a conjunction. So you're saying they are both the case at the same time, and that's where they sort of implode and become meaningless because you're not really communicating anything. Like mm. uh, the example Jake gave. So the married bachelor, the reason that this is inherently illogical is because married is the negation of unmarried. They are complete. They they are the opposites of each other. And so you can't have them in conjunction. You can't say that something is A and not A simultaneously. Now, th there is nothing like that in the statement and the moon was split in two. You don't have two elements that are the negation of each other or that come into conflict. The example of the squared circle. So what, by definition, what makes a square a square? By definition, a square is something that has four sides and has four angles that add up to 360 degrees. That is what makes a square a square. Now, by definition, a circle is not that at all. And so if the conditions which make a circle a circle cannot be the case without the conditions that make a square a square, then you can't have these at the same time. You can't say that something is a square and a circle simultaneously because by definition, what makes them uh, it's it's not possible to have them simultaneously. Hmm. You don't have that in the statement that the moon was split in two. Or that there's me. a pink elephant behind yeah, the moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that there's a pink... The, the statement in and of itself... Remember, we're not talking about the truthfulness of the statements at this point. We're talking about whether or not there is any um, validity in certain statements, whether it is possible to use them. And obviously, then you can build arguments with statements that are valid statements, that there's no mm. inner conflict within the statements itself. They can be a part of an argument, and then you can build on that. You find out whether it's valid, and then you assess each statement as to whether it's true. Now, the truthfulness 
is not the same as talking about its logical coherency. So you can say that it's not true that the moon was split in two. Yeah. And this is a separate claim. This isn't to say that it's illogical or not, because it, it is logically possible. What you can then talk about is maybe whether or not the argument that contains such a proposition is faulty. But that does mm -hmm. not say that the statement itself is incoherent. Yeah, I, I think the, the problem the problem is, is that when people use the word logic, illogical, you know, you're being, you know, illogical here. They're using it in a very loose, colloquial way. Yeah. What yeah, we yeah. try to do is we try to say, no, no, we need to use it very precisely. Because if you're not using it precisely, then you're going to talk past each other. So you need to understand what the particular definition is. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because Jake talked about a meaningless statement. And, you know, Jake, whenever he talks to Trinitarians and he asks them about the is of identity or is of predication, and the person says, <laughs> I mean, one guy recently said it's both. And Jake said, that's literally <laughs> a meaningless statement. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. that one set me off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, sometimes people, when they when when they hear that term "meaningless statement," they think Jake is using it in a in a hyperbolic way. He's just trying to emphasize a point, but yeah. Jake is using it in a very strictly definitional way. He's saying that the sentence you're making literally carries no value of meaning. That's the issue. That's what we say when we say it's a logical impossibility. The statement that's carried within a logical impossible impossible proposition carries no meaning whatsoever. It's not like I can imagine the meaning. I can't even imagine it as a meaning as a as a meaning itself. Uh, and similarly, uh, you know, if you have two propositions, one is uh, you know an affirmation, and the second proposition is a negation of the first then it results in this thing, which is it becomes meaningless to us as human beings. It's illogical. And I think this is why it's, it's also important to, uh, you know, people who appeal to mystery when you point out a logical contradiction within their belief. They can't appeal to mystery at this moment in time because you're basically saying that your proposition that you're trying to convey is meaningless. It has no meaning. And so now if you say it's a mystery, why it has no meaning, it literally means you're not calling to anything, yeah? You're, you're yeah. not calling to anything which is meaningful, yeah? So, uh, you know, these are technical points, and so I think the audience needs to really appreciate this point. But I want to just really quickly, because we want to give some examples, but one final uh, question to Abdul uh, is, what's the difference between a logical impossibility, it's possibility, and a metaphysical impossibility or are they the same thing no they're they're not a, they're not the same thing so um a a, a logical uh, possibility is basically it, it's broader than a metaphysical uh, possibility or impossibility depending on 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 on, on what you know uh, you know, scope of modality you have in mind. But the idea is that something that is logically possible, like, for example, the pink elephant playing video games behind the moon, doesn't necessitate that it's metaphysically possible. And metaphysically possible means possible in the actual world, in the sense that there is a genuine, you know, actual metaphysical possibility for this thing to occur. So, uh, so by, according to a lot of people, uh, just depends sometimes, not every logical possibility is always a, a, a metaphysical possibility if you hold to some sort of conceivability theory in in in, in a conceivability approach to, to modality 
and you think that every logically possible uh, you know statement or proposition or thing is actually metaphysically possible that's a different story but there is a serious distinction between them in the sense that not everything that is just logically possible has to have an actual metaphysical possibility in the real world so so the way i sort of understand it is that a metaphysical possibility or met metaphysical impossibility is that you have certain commitments yes yeah, certain axioms or prior commitments that you hold and then based upon those axioms and prior commitments you then start to assess a logical possible statement uh, within that paradigm so so yeah you, you so a logical possible statement is just saying a state a sentence that has carries a meaning yeah the, the actual sentence or the yeah, proposition they're, they're... carries a meaning a metaphysical uh impossibility saying okay the sentence carries a meaning that's bare minimum yeah that doesn't tell me whether it actually exists now i have certain prior commitments i have certain understandings of certain principles that i understand to be correct or true that i act uh, and develop ideas by based on that i'm going to look at you know uh whether this possible meaningful statement can be actualized is that correct Abdul? yeah yeah that's true and and not just whether it, it is actualized i think it's whether it can be actualized whether there is a genuine yeah. metaphysical possibility for it to act. it doesn't have to be real but you when you make statements about metaphysical modality what you're saying is that you're, you're making statements about what actually can be so uh, uh and and uh, an example i think i've heard uh, uh jake uh, or maybe hatim used before was um was uh, a ball being all red and all blue at the same time in the same way. Now, I think this is a bit of a technicality because what some people want to say is that that's a metaphysical possibility, but it's not a logical impossibility. Now, of course, you'd have to agree because if you if you reduce the statement, the ball is red and the ball is blue, like, you know, you take those, like, you know, what we call in logic, simple statements and you simplify them and using symbolic logic, you're not going to come out with any kind of contradiction because there's nothing about those symbols that really tells you what, red is and what blue is right but i mean th that's just a bit of a technicality because if we can say based on our experience which again that's gonna ha that's going to involve some sort of uh, you know empirical investigation so once we have the experience that blue is not red then here you'd have uh, uh, you can basically derive a contradiction from the statement that the ball is blue all uh, blue all over and red all over by saying that you know blue equals not red, so the ball is red and not red. So it's a bit of a technicality sometimes, but uh, but generally speaking, the idea is that uh, uh, logical possibilities uh, really deal with the rules of logic and you know inference and 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 how we understand contradictions. And metaphysical possibility is a bit of a narrower uh, modal scope than that because. You know, we want to talk about what's actual or what's actually possible. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know if we want to go on to some of the clips. Uh... Yeah, we we will. I just want to give uh, one example of a common a common fallacy in in reasoning, uh, which which is known as affirming the consequent. So, in in logic, you have uh, basically if p then q. Uh, P, therefore Q, that's the standard. But in, in this type of reasoning, what people do is they say, well, if P, then Q, Q, therefore P. Uh, and I'm going to break it down. Just quite one simple example would be like somebody saying, well, if it is raining, then the street is wet. 
the street is wet, therefore it is raining. Well, it doesn't necessarily follow. I mean, yeah, if if it is uh, raining, then the street is wet. But just because it's wet doesn't mean that it's raining. And how you can understand that is by understanding that, well, there are other possibilities in which the street could be wet and yet it's not raining. So you can think of it as, well, there could be kids playing outside. Uh, one of them turned the hose on and they just started, you know, rinsing the whole street. Or they could have been having a balloon fight and the, 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 uh, the street got wet. Could have been that a truck went by with some type of liquid, may, maybe been water in it and tipped over and the whole street got wet. So there are other possibilities in which that condition could be met without that uh, antecedent clause happening. And so the point is, this is a very common feature in reasoning. It's one of the most common mistakes that people make. They say, oh, well, if this happens, then this will happen. The latter thing, which is called the consequent, happened. Therefore, the other thing necessarily happened. That's wrong. That's an invalid way of of reasoning from a premise, premise to a conclusion. So I just wanted to point out that uh, one common mistake that people make, because I also see that quite frequently in discussions with people. They they violate or they, they you know, sort of um, are victim to this fallacy, which is called affirming the consequence. So I hope that uh, helps out somewhat. Cool, cool. Yeah, um, I've got the clips ready, If, if yeah. you, unless you guys had any further comment. So uh, let me just share the screen here one second. So I think we um, want to go to a few of the discussions that we've had. And I think uh, just there's only a few minutes. I think we can double speed it as well. Uh, and I think it's good because it really highlights this, this issue that we're talking mm -hmm. about, especially when Abdul asks questions. <laughs> yeah. So the first one we're going to look at is one with uh, Pine Creek, also known as Mr. Icky. Um, yes, I, I nicknamed him, so I'll take credit for that, guys. He, he but, also um, did demand to be referred to as that as well in one of his comments. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so he, he, he yeah, he doesn't mind. So here's a, a short clip from him, and, and the point of this is to try to give you examples of what we're saying isn't actually a contradiction, at least in this case anyway, and then maybe some examples of, of what would be. So here we go with Mr. Pine Creek. I'm going to start it off at um, one and a half. And if you think I should go faster, Sharif, just let me know. Pine Creek, can you make can you make the argument? Sorry, I don't mean to yeah, so Can you just make the argument right now in premise, premise, conclusion form? Well, I, I'll try. Um, so premise one would be God doesn't like sin. He doesn't like this belief. Premise two would be something like God knows the future with certainty. He's never surprised. I think both of these things, both, both these premises you guys agree with. Premise three, um, it would be that he knows with certainty some will disbelieve and end up in hell. Mm. Uh, conclusion: Allah was okay with some people disbelieving and going to hell. So, so, so that, like, that, that, conclusion, that, that conclusion that all, Allah was okay with people dis disbelieving and going to hell. Just for the. Do you want to say something? Yeah, I was just saying. I think we shouldn't do it two times speed for the benefit of the. This isn't the two times. This is one and a half. You think it's too fast? Uh, yeah, I think, I think it's actually so. fine. I think it's. Actually... Yeah, I think it's fine. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, did you want to comment, Yusuf, or you just stopped for that? No, I was just thinking in terms of those watching this that are trying to figure out logical contradictions. It'd probably be better just to have it normal speed. just Because some people get thrown off even at 1.5. I'm cool with two times. 
Um, but I know people complain about the putting the speed up a lot. Um, oh, okay. I'll, I'll what I'll do is I'll put it at one point two five. Meet me halfway. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna meet you guys halfway. All right, uh, that's an executive decision. Okay, here we go. Right? Uh, are you saying that that contradicts? All I'm saying is God, God disliking, did dislike. It's not okay. So you're arguing from emotion here because it's, it's not definitely. making me feel icky. Okay. You are. So, so, here's, here, so here, here, here's the issue. Here's the issue, Pine Creek. Oh, he just said he's arguing what, from what, what, what you want, what you want to say, motion. what you want to say, what you want to say is that, uh, you know, this world that God actualized is not ideal in the sense that there is evil in it and people will be tortured in hell for an eternity. Therefore, yes, yes. Therefore, it is, it is something that is not, uh, uh, you know, the best of possible, all possible worlds, or it's not something that's morally good or justified right but uh let me ask you a question are what are your views on morality what's what's your underlying ethical theory that i want makes you to assume you that i have none how can i then how can i understand what you mean by good and evil i'm using your definitions what is my definition of good and evil if should we pause it there i think that's yeah it. Think yeah that, that that's it yeah so um yeah on, Jake. no i was just gonna say um that was the point where you had me to stop so at the end there, you'll you'll see Abdul is pressing him on, well, what's your standard? And he claims, well, he's using our standard. But what you'll actually find out is he's not using our standard because if he was using our standard to make the argument, well, then the whole thing falls apart. Because obviously we don't believe the premise of what he was saying that, well, if God knows that some people will reject him basically and go to hell, then he shouldn't create was basically kind of the argument. And we're saying, no, we don't, we don't believe in that. So he wasn't going based on our uh, presuppositions, presuppositions. And even then he wasn't reducing our position to a contradiction, but go yeah. ahead. Uh, if you guys want to comment. I was going to, yeah. So I was just, I was going to bring Abdu into this because uh, Abdurrahman, he asked him the question, okay, lay out your argument. What is your argument against it? Yeah. And so I think I can't remember the exact premises that he, he gives. He sort of says God created the world. It's got disbelief in it. Uh, people are going to go to hell or oh, and he goes, therefore, people are going to go to hell. And so it's like, uh, yeah. you know, it, so wasn't, it, was it wasn't of, even, it wasn't even a proper I don't I think it was just premises without a conclusion if I if I if I'm yeah it's just a yeah. bunch so of points I, but so I think I'll, what he's what trying to derive from, from it go. yeah I think what he was trying he was trying to derive a contradiction from the idea that God does not like sin but God allows sin but you see you see like syntactically right if you see if you look at these two statements if you want to reduce them to simple sentences right and and where's the contradiction so god does not like sin god allowed sin right forget about all the other discussions on the problem of evil and what that entails on all that stuff if if you understand what a contradiction is you'll realize that that's not a contradiction you still if, yeah. if you want to you know derive an actual contradiction from god uh, allowing for for sin to exist then you have to do a bit more work something yeah, like and... god likes sin and god does not like sin right yeah yeah, yeah. So, I just want to add as well. So, a, a good way of just showing that something isn't, for example, a, a contradiction in this case, would be to give a counterexample. So, are there any cases where someone allows something that they don't like? Yeah, of course. Like, for example, people don't like pain, but they'll put up with it for other purposes. So, for example, you know, people might go to the gym 
because they want to look buff or whatever it is that they want to do or whatever aim they're trying to achieve from going to the gym, despite not liking pain, they will put up with it because of something. So, and that's just one example. If you can give a counter example that shows where these two elements that you say shouldn't um, coincide or, you know, you can't have these in a statement in a conjunction um, that is both of them and affirming both of them simultaneously, um, then it shouldn't be the case that there would be any counterexamples. Mm. You wouldn't be able to come up with any at all, and that would show. Yeah, right. that I mean, in that sense, in that case, though, like a better, a better syllogism he could have come up with, like, would be like God cannot or does not allow things that he does not like. Uh, God does not like sin, therefore God cannot or does not allow sin. I mean, that, yeah, at yeah. least in terms of validity, give me something valid to work with, then we can start questioning the premises. But in this case. It he was all over the place because there's nothing to yeah. work with in the sense that uh, uh, you couldn't derive a conclusion from the premises he was providing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and, I, and he, at the end of the day, he admitted it was uh, an argument from emotion. So I guess uh, yeah. the whole logic. I, 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 yeah. Yeah. And I think it's the, the, the point here is this, is for us to address an argument, we have to be presented with an argument. I think that's exactly. the issue. So if if they're not presenting an argument, this is why it constantly we'll always ask the question: well, What's the actual point? What is you? What are you trying to get at? He's trying to say it's an internal critique. Is it a contradiction? What's your point? If they're not presenting an argument, then there's nothing uh, there's nothing for us to deal with. There's nothing for us to address, really. You know. Um, and uh, just one final point before we move on to the next clip for Pinecrete is. When somebody says something is a logical contradiction, yeah, or a logical impossibility, the burden of proof now shifts to them. They are now in a position to demonstrate that it is impossible. Yeah. Uh, so you know the the, the burden of proof shifts uh, slightly. So when people say your position is in is internally contradictory, the Islamic position is internally contradictory. He's now in a position to have to subst substantiate that position. We, you know, we don't have to substantiate the position, uh, you know, say, no, 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 it's not a logical country. We have to say, no, you you now have to prove it. OK, give me an argument. And from that argument, now we can investigate whether it does entail a logical contradiction. Can I can I, I, can I say something about yeah. that? Because, I mean, uh, sometimes it gets really frustrating. And I, and I think uh, uh, I think many, at least Sharif and Jake, uh, they know who I'm talking about when when I mentioned like there are people who we've been speaking to for quite a while about logic and logical contradictions. And when, when they try to present us with logical contradictions in our worldview, they come up with the most ridiculous things like, for example, uh, the, the moon splitting. And also uh, a couple of days ago, someone brought up two verses that he said, like, you know, in the Quran, it's contradictory, man being created from sperm and man being created from dust. Now, the reason this is so ridiculous is because you see Jake, for example, right? When he tries to address the logical problem of the Trinity, he lays it out, you know, all the premises and what the apparent problem is. And then he doesn't say, therefore, your belief in the Trinity is a, a, an actual contradiction. What he says is that there seems to be a problem here. And then he starts asking you questions. In what way are you saying, in what way are the is God statements, uh, uh, you know, being made? Are they statements of predication or statements of identity? And he takes you through a line of reasoning where, you get to do a lot of explaining. You get to explain what you mean by the words you're saying. And from there, we can say whether it entails a contradiction. And in many cases, it does not. Uh, so, like, for example, uh, uh, um, they're just on the surface of it. 
William Lane Craig's partialism doesn't seem to be contradictory in the same way, you know, uh, uh, other forms of Trinitarianism are. And so in Jake's discussions and, and, and generally in our discussions with Christians, that's what we do. We allow them that space in the sense that we're saying there is an apparent problem. There seems to be a problem here. Now, what do you mean by these words? And does it necessitate a contradiction? It, and, and, and that's really the way it should be done. It shouldn't be that, you know, this sent this look like in the case of from sperm and from dust. Well, you see, a contradiction needs to be a and not a at the same time in the same way. Like it needs to be something you're you're making. Uh, uh, you're saying that a statement is both true and false at the same time in the same way. This is very far from that. You need to do a lot more work. You need to ask what people mean by the words they're using in order to basically come to the conclusion that it is a contradictory, incoherent position. Yeah, yeah. William Lane Craig's model is heretical, and it has other problems. But yeah, yes, in terms of the yeah. actual basic formulation, yeah, there is no internal Yeah, I would just qualify and say that I don't think that an orthodox uh, doctrine of the Trinity could be coherent. <laughs> yeah. So I would probably say that. But, um, Should we go to... 3542. Yeah. But 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 again, sorry, before you go. So Jake, would you agree? Because because you see, that's kind of the point that just because it can be coherent, right? It can mm -hmm. still be highly unreasonable and implausible. So so you can have a coherent model of, of God's like 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 the, the partialist model, and it can have serious problems, even if we're gonna put contradiction aside. It doesn't necessitate that it's true, just like the pink elephant example. There's no incoherence there it doesn't mean yeah that i think possible, right yeah i think we, yeah. We, maybe we missed out on something important uh or maybe we said it but anyway because i was trying to get the links up but c something being coherent doesn't entail that it's true but in order for it to be true it must be coherent so okay. it's it's a minimum standard of truth but it doesn't necessitate that the the concept or the proposition or the idea being put forward is true. But for anything to even be possibly true, it has to be coherent. So it's a minimum standard of truth. It's, it's a necessary criteria, uh, but not necessarily a sufficient one, right? And so I think that's also something that people need to keep in mind. But I think in the interest of time, we ought to go into the next clip. What do you say? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so, so Sharif, you're mentioning um, the next one is at 35, right? Okay. Yeah. Well, just 35, 42. Yeah, let me just pull that up. So, all right, here we go. Share the screen again. And, okay. So Islam says this. This is what Islam says. Islam says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the world, created heaven and hell, and created human beings with free will to the ability to choose. And then said to human beings that if you freely choose I understand all that. if you freely choose to have belief in good actions, you go to paradise. If you freely choose to commit sin and disbelief, you go to hellfire. Yeah. Now on that premise, I, that's why I asked you a very specific question. On that premise, what is a logical contradiction? Or is it just an appeal to emotion? There's no logical contradiction at all. Okay. If if you guys believe that Allah wants people to go to hell. No, but what, what did I just say here? I said God created human beings with right. free will. He created the universe or a creation with heaven and hell. Yeah? Right. And he, God legislated that. Notice what he said. There is no contradiction. But anyway. People, I understand that. God that. legislated yeah, that, that therefore whoever commits disbelief yeah, will be assigned to hellfire. Right. And who has belief in righteous actions will go right. to paradise. You want to focus on the free will of humans and I want to focus on the free will of Allah. That's the point.
Right. So, so explain, so God, explain, God wants, link the God, two. Yeah, link the two. Just sorry, Abdul. Link yeah, the two together. So you're saying that God could have created a universe in which no. human beings only choose to go to paradise. No, no, I'm not even saying that. I'm saying oh. Allah had two choices, create or not create. So let's assume if he creates, it would have to be exactly what you guys are describing. That's one option. The other option right. is don't create anything. Okay. And which two option? And then? So, and, and so if you're a Muslim and you say, oh, no, Allah is okay. I mean, I know that language is a problem. Allah is okay with it, or he desires it, or he wanted to, but he's not surprised by what happens with his creation. And so he created, knowing exactly what would happen, that some people would end up in hell. And you know what? He created anyhow. Yeah. That's okay. all I'm saying. So he, yeah, there's so, no contradiction. So where's the contradiction? There is no <laughs> so, contradiction. So, so my goal, no, I think, in circles, guys. No, but I find that your goal should be this. Your goal should be to be epistemically justified and consistent with the way you're trying to build an argument. Building an argument just appealing to emotion is not sincere, honest. Well, you can say sincere and honest in one perspective, but it's not ep epistemically justified to build an argument just to appeal to emotions because we can make any argument based upon emotions. It then becomes my emotions versus somebody else's emotions. You want to yeah. have, you want well, to be able to justify based other... on reason and arguments, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but... No, so, notice Pine Creek's face here. Sorry, I'm going to keep yeah, playing, but just notice him. Zoom in. I mean, zoom in he, on the face. he knows what he's doing. Uh, yeah, zoom in. Yeah. I, how do I do that, brother? <laughs> That's above my pay grade. Do I, zoom yeah. in? I don't know. Have you got, do you not pinch Zoom on your laptop? You've got a Mac. Uh, okay, there. That's how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Sharif, the, the other problem is, is that you said you were doing an internal critique, but then it yeah. was now, so I ought to not do that because then I'm probably going to screw things up. Anyway, <laughs> no, he, he's he's laughing <laughs> when Sharif is pointing out, like, come on, man, you're appealing to motions here. And he sort of just I admits it. But um, I think we ought to See, keep playing it. Go ahead, Sharif. Uh, yeah, um, I, be, I think that's comment. it, actually. I think that's the uh, – oh, is that the – yeah, I think that's, that's the – No, there's a – what you've that? got here, you've got like three and a half more minutes left. Oh, clip. is it? Oh, okay then. Go on, Karen. Yeah. If, if I recall as well, before you do, like I remember Pine Creek saying um, something basically along the lines of, oh, they keep appealing to this in the same way uh, at the same time thing yeah. to get out of a contradiction. And it's like, that's exactly what a contradiction is. Like you can't just say, oh, they're trying to appeal to the specific definition of what a contradiction is in order to get away from what you claim is a contradiction is the issue. He just wants to say yeah. it. And the issue is, is that it's not in the same way in the same sense. And he tries to oversimplify it and reduce it. And I'm guessing this is what's maybe going to happen in this next little I can't recall the yeah. timestamps exactly. But. Okay, here we go. Not being an external critique because, oh. because of your fundamental presupposition of saying, well, surely anybody would agree that this world is not as good as this other world. No, I just talked about on one little thing. I said, anybody here who wants to spend eternity in hell, raise your hand. And I do even admit it earlier. He agreed. Okay, I know what you mean. No, we didn't. We never said, no. It. no, we never said, see, you're confusing the difference between an individual actually wanting to spend eternity in hell versus a world in which hell exists. The two aren't the same. And for you to act as if they are the same is a problem. The, the bottom line is this. There would be no disbelief, no sin, no pain, no suffering, no hell, people in hell, if Allah never created. And that's something everyone here agrees with. And, and yeah, so what? Here, here's your and what's the, what's the conclusion? The conclusion the is that you have a choice to worship a god or not. That's the conclusion. Yeah, you do have a choice. And yep. so what? And, and so, or, so or, come, or be open to the idea that maybe the god you believe in doesn't exist. Maybe there is a god, but not the one you believe in. Because I guarantee because you, I, I guarantee, this, this is one claim I'll, I'll make, I'll guarantee you, that there's some Muslims listening here. No, 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 no. I'm, wait, I'm waiting for your argument, Pankri. How does that argument that you just presented result in God does not exist or your God does not exist? No, I'm not. If your God exists, then this is what I was going to say. I guarantee you, some Muslims who might be, you know, the weak type, wavering on the fence, are going to hear what we're discussing and say, you know what, that Pine Creek kind of makes sense. 
Oh, it's so frustrating. Hi, Pinecrete, please don't use that language. Yeah, uh, is that bad? I don't. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, Pinecrete. What I don't understand is where's your argument? You doesn't have one. It doesn't have where's one. Your argument? Where's your argument? My argument is all it wants, all it doesn't want. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There it is. There it is. Pause. Again, so he says the contradict the contradiction is Allah wants, Allah doesn't want, and he's like he basically he's reducing it to that, and he's not explaining what it is that Allah wants because when you start basically expanding it and, and, and explaining what Allah subhanahu wa taala doesn't want and what He does want, then there isn't a contradiction, and th yeah. this is very important for in order to explain the contradiction, and he's leaving crucial information out. In order to make it sound like it is, so like he just reduced it then to Allah wants, Allah doesn't want. When you say it like that, it may be. But there are we've I've given a counter example already of where there are cases where you can want something and not want something else, and still allow the thing that you don't want to occur anyway. There is no necessary contradiction, and he he can only draw it out. By making these uh, ridiculous oversimplifications and, and neglecting to mention the conditions, um, which make it not a contradiction. That is, that it has to be. Um, oh, let me pull up the the actual definition of a contradiction, so we can just read it. Uh, a contradiction. Uh, A logical contradiction is a conjunction of a statement S and its denial, not S. Um, cannot be true uh, in the same sense at the same time. So the yeah. two statements cannot be true in the same sense at the same time. When we're talking about what Allah wants and what he doesn't want in this particular case, it's not in the same sense and it's not at the same time. So, for example, we can talk about Allah SWT doesn't want you to disobey. That you know he, he wants you to obey his laws but he also um he wants justice and so he does for example want to send people who deserve to go to hell to hell he can want that that's fine he can yeah. want justice he can desire to send people to hell who deserve to go there but he can also want and desire for you to have not done that but if you do do that then you get the consequences. There's no contradiction here at all. It's a completely mm. coherent story. And yeah. he he has to oversimplify it to make a, an apparent contradiction pop in. But the only way he does that is by completely removing all of the information um, that shows that it's not a contradiction and then complaining about us, you know, using the definition of what a contradiction is and pointing out well this is important and then he says oh they just they throw this in there to wiggle it wiggle out of it so no 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 you're you're throwing things out to wiggle in you're, yeah he's basically equivocating on the word uh because yeah. it's being used in two different senses but in the interest of time guys because we've got two more clips to get to sharif do you mind if i go to um ridvan next because i think Pine do you want to go yeah well just to just Play that just one more, I think, 30 seconds of uh, of Pine Creek. More, well, we don't more? need to go to Ridwan's one. We'll go to a, a Aaron Raw after this. But yeah. Okay. Play, I mean, because yeah. uh, Ridwan's is literally only like a minute. So that won't okay, hurt us. Change. Initially, you said no. your God does not exist because, and then you're about to give an explanation. Then you start saying, well, some Muslims I didn't might say be that. Then, then you said Muslims might not be waving. Now you're saying to me, God wants, God doesn't want. Right. That's another, that's right. 
I've given you an answer. I've given you an answer a number of times. And you said, yeah, okay, that makes sense. It's not an internal critique. Then you said it's not a logical contradiction. I give you your answer. Then you said it's not a logical contradiction. So what exactly is the argument? Do you understand where the frustration is? The argument is Allah has free will, did not need to create, decided to create, knowing exactly what would happen, and it leads some people to hell. Okay, yeah. so what's that? So, sorry, hold on. What, what's that? What, what's that problem? And that lead, his creation leads to, to pain, no, no. evil, what, suffering, and some people going to hell. What, what category is that? A logical contradiction? Is it an evidential? No, argument? I would say that's just. It? I would say that's a logical deduction of where the premises lead. That you but believe in a God it, who created, knowing it, what will happen, was okay with it, whatever that means, and that led to that, people going to hell. But what does that mean in terms of your argument against Islam and against God in general, or God, or the God that we? All, believe? all I'm pointing what, out is what argument? you believe. Yeah, I'm pointing out what you believe. Well, we as Muslims, we know what we believe. The... This is not a problem Are you sure? for us. Maybe you guys do. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have to move on, guys. We're going to have to move on. Let me just say one. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. we got clear there that he didn't actually have a contradiction. Now you're just pointing out what we believe. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I mean, have a yeah. nice day, sir. And I think, Jake, also you mentioned in that clip as well, you said, okay, you, you are using your presuppositions. And I think yeah. that's the issue that a lot of people don't realize. They say that they're doing an internal critique. But what it is, they've got their own baggage that they're bringing into the discussion. They have some certain notions about free will they have maybe certain notions about god's justice they have notions about morality they're bringing mm -hmm. that in and then saying yours is an internal contradiction but they're not aware of their own assumptions that they're bringing into the argument yeah okay, okay so i'm gonna go to the next clip here which is with mr uh apostate prophet here it's only a minute and a half so here we go uh, let me let me let me let me ask and you. And that's unjust. Yeah, because this no, is, that, 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 is in, sound... that is incoherent. I think that is completely no, no, no. Because it, it makes it, sense. Actually, punishing them for uh, the way he created them, knowing exactly that this is what their nature in which he created them, uh, what they would do, what would happen to them eventually. But uh, let me let me let me and, let me let me ask and you. And that's unjust. Yeah, because this no, is that, 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 is in, sound... that is incoherent. I think that is completely no, no, no. Because it makes it, sense. So he's making a claim that it's incoherent. Now let's see if he if he actually substantiates that. This you're packaging it as this, as if it's a, a logical contradiction, but it's sounding I'm, like I'm saying he... it is incoherent. Look, it is know, incoherent. Yeah, when, yeah, I'm. I'm... By the way, for people who don't know, when you say it's incoherent and it's contradictory, they're not two different things, guys. They're they're referring in this context to the same thing. I know that there is a fellow that I spoke to that somehow thought there was a, a significant difference, but there actually isn't. But yeah, so uh, Yusuf was right to press on that point, and I don't know what a posse prophet was thinking, but here we go. Saying that you said that. But the meat and potatoes of it is, is that this, it sounds more like a moral claim. It sounds more like you're saying this it is, is not. It is not. Then you need but to show, <laughs> then you need to show what's the logical contradiction. You haven't shown that. There needs it's, to be, you need to give premise one, which is A. So the Quran or the Sunnah says A. And then premise two, it also says B. And B is the negation of A. So B is not A. It's a very rigid, to rigid way and to approach this. This, that, well, that's, that's what a contradiction is. But that, that's, that's, okay. that's a rigid way to approach it. <laughs> exactly. He doesn't want that. He doesn't want an actual contradiction. He just wants to formulate his own argument and it not be contradictory. This is the type of people that, unfortunately, we're dealing with. We're discussing. And it, I don't know if it was purposeful, um, but it just so happens that three of the clips that we're going to play are from atheists. You have uh, Mr. Icky. Uh, Mr. Irrelevant, and then um, 
Mr. Necessary Dean, I guess I'm just coming up with that on the spot, Aaron Ra, which we'll see next. Yeah. And it's just, we're not, I don't think it's intentional to pick on atheists because we say Christians do this and even Muslims can Muslims be guilty do. of it as, as well. But it just so happened that um, this is what we came up with. But let me just finish. I think there's like 30 seconds left. A contradiction is, what I'm telling you is, what I'm telling you is, it is incoherent that Allah creates yes. human beings. Yep. That he says that they are fully responsible for their actions, yep. although he creates them yep. with, their, with their capabilities and with their nature. Uh, and then he decides to punish them because yep. they do not believe in him. He's struggling to try to do it on the spot. Because they, chose their, because, because they chose their free will, which he gave to them in, yeah. the, in the very beginning. He, chose, he gave them free will, and they used this free will in the wrong way, which is why he will punish them forever. Yeah. And this was their own fault. <laughs> yes. And they committed That's not evil. a contradiction. And they, and That's they not a contradiction. Guys, guys, guys. It's so funny. Look at Shereem's face. <laughs> You can see it in AP's face as well as he's doing it. He was like, struggling, brother. He he's was starting struggling. to realize he can't offer. You, you need to get that your face again. That was, that was, that was. Look at him. He's, he's laughing, man. He's like, I'm loving this. <laughs> and look at Yusuf as well. I mean, the same thing you've got going on. Because I could just see what was going on in his head. Like, you could see him sort of like. <laughs> Starting to realize that he doesn't have what he suggested he has. And I'm just I, like, I yeah, don't know what yeah. I was doing. I was probably looking at something else. I'm like, uh. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're giving him the death stare. Yeah. That's, that's um, why he's getting nervous, I think, because you eyeballing him. Yeah, that was it's, great. It's a really good example because he's, he, on the one hand, he's saying it's incoherent. Then we're saying, well, if you're saying it's incoherent, it has to be a logical contradiction. He's saying, no, 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 it's just incoherent. <laughs> yeah. Then he's saying it's too rigid, uh, you know, having the criteria of logical contradiction. Then, uh, you know, you're saying, well, you're bringing in your presuppositions about what morality is. And you say, no, 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 I'm not. Yeah. I'm doing internal, internal critique. And yet the internal critique doesn't result in a logical contradiction. So it just it's it's just a good example in terms of yeah. you know uh, people using words which have colloquial meanings but not understanding how it's used technically. It, yeah, and it's it's also really expressive of this huge frustration because it's these very same individuals accuse theists of being irrational and you know they, they don't they know anything brilliant. about <laughs> they don't know anything about logic and this that and the other. And, and then when it comes to talking to people who have been trained in it and are familiar with the terminology and understand what it means, like they throw it out the window all of a sudden. It's like, you know, be, actually trying to study these things is superfluous in some way or like, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's really, really frustrating. It's, it's one of my yeah. pet peeves. Is yeah, that was this. a good one. I, I like that one. The last one is, is Mr. Uh, Necessary being Arn Ra. It's about three minutes. This is the last clip, and then we're going to go to uh, audience. If you guys have any questions or comments, maybe points of clarification, whether or not this is a contradiction or it's not, um, things that you want to discuss, it'll be open to pretty much anybody. So, uh, Yusuf, if you could post a link to the stream and, and pin it as a message uh, while I'm playing this last clip, that would be appreciated, inshallah. Yeah. All right, so here we go. 
you're looking for a way to disprove leprechauns. And the point that you're missing is that there's no reason to believe leprechauns. That's two separate issues. Though. There's two separate issues. One you is, need to have a reason you, to believe something. Do you, do you, yeah, that's right. You need to have a reason to believe something. That's one thing. The second thing is having uh, an understanding that something is impossible. Those, those are two separate issues. Okay. Now, what, Ab what Abdul is explaining, he's saying that, look, if you just have an absence of evidence of X, it doesn't mean that X doesn't exist. So if I turn around and I say X does not exist, it means that I'm making a positive claim. Now, what Abdul said, he said that the, to make that positive claim that X does not exist, one of the ways would be to say, well, if X existed, I would see this evidence. If this evidence doesn't exist, therefore, that justifies me saying that X does not exist. So he's asking the same question because you're in a position where you made a hard atheist claim that God what does not exist. Hard, what was my hard atheist claim? So the hard atheist, hard atheism, I, that God is, does not exist. That sure. is your position. Not that I don't believe in God because of lack of evidence. A soft mm -hmm. atheist claim, but it's a hard atheist claim. So what I believe he's asking is a very specific question. He's saying, look, if you're making this claim that God does not exist, X does not exist, yeah, you have to either demonstrate <laughs> that if God existed or X existed, we would see this evidence. Because we don't see this evidence, then I can discount God. Yeah. So you okay. have to say you have to ex explain what well, I've got a specific question with. You have to explain what that evidence is that we would expect such that it doesn't exist, leading us to the conclusion that God doesn't exist. Oh, I'm, I feel like repeating myself an awful lot. Uh, you're asking questions I've already answered. But... He's never answered it. And Sharif's question is, if you're going to take a hard atheist position and say that God does not exist. Right. Uh, which I think if memory serves me correct, it may not be in this clip in particular, but I think. Aaron Rod does say that it's God existing is impossible. Uh, and yeah. I think that's kind of his yeah, position. Yeah, it's in the clip. And, yeah. Oh, it's, in, it's actually in this clip. He's going to say it? No, no, no. He, he, he didn't say it's impossible. He said it's not a possibility, which is apparently a different thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> so it's impossible for God to exist. That's what it results in, him making that claim. And when you say that, you have to then reduce the claim to of God's existence to a logical impossibility. And and this is what, uh, what do you call it? Sharif is is trying to get him to see at this point. And Aaron Ra's response is, well, I feel like I'm talking in circles. Well, you're, you're not really talking at all, my brother. I'm sorry to tell you. But anyway, there's about a minute left, so let's go. We don't have a possibility. We start with that. Oh, we don't have a possibility. There you go. Uh, and it's not just that we don't have the possibility. It's just that things are defined in reverse. I mean, you, you want to imagine that that somehow the mind exists outside of the brain. There's no support for mind-body dualism whatsoever. Uh, but you're assuming that, that consciousness pre-exists matter. And, that, and and there's no logical conclusion that would lead you to, to any of the gods that men have ever devised when you look at the entirety of the cosmos. There's just no way to conclude there, that this thing cares that much about the skin on the tip of our penis if it created 11 jillion galaxies and so forth. There's, there's not a possibility for him to, con how does he control whether your, your team wins the game or whether you find your keys? How does he manipulate matter? And believers will commonly tell me that, you know, that God helped them in matters like this. But if, in that case, God had to manipulate other people's minds, control other people's free will in order to you know, manipulate everything to these ends. And they're just not thinking this through. So what I need is, is we need to show that there's a there there or we literally have nothing to talk about. Yeah. So, so Sharif, I don't know if you want to listen to your response because you had it stopped no. there. I don't think it's needed, right? No, it's not needed. No. Yeah. So the point is, is that he didn't reduce uh, the claim to a contradiction. He talked about whether or not God cares if you're circumcised or which <laughs> is it says nothing about whether or not the belief is, is contradictory. He, he talked about the fact that there's no evidence. Well, him again, just asserting that there's no evidence doesn't prove that the existence of God is impossible, which was Sharif and I think Abdul's point as well, 
that the absence of evidence isn't necessarily uh, evidence of absence. You have to show, therefore, what uh, Sharif was trying to say, that if God exists, necessarily we would find this. We don't find that. Therefore, necessarily God doesn't exist. I think that kind of either went over the poor fellow's head or he did understand it, but he just couldn't answer it. So went on about, I don't know, on this other thing, talking about circumcision, which is see whether or not God cares if you're circumcised doesn't say anything about his existence. There's no contradiction there at all. Um, so again, it's another case of someone like Aaron Ra, who, you know, subhanAllah has a, a lot of people following him and the guy doesn't even know what a contradiction is. So that was rather unfortunate. But if you guys have got any comments on that, uh, that was the last clip. Sharif, Abdul. Uh, no, Abdul, I don't know if Abdul wants to jump in. We I just want to say something real quick because, well. because, yeah, we yep. could send in the link. The thing is, a lot of these... Oh, Yusuf didn't do it? Did, did Yusuf, Yusuf send the link or no? Yusuf, are you there? Okay, I'm going to do it then. I okay, thought he was so going to take care of that for me. Yeah, so Bang. I just want to say a lot, a lot of these guys that we talked to, like these three guys we just, uh, the, you know, the clips we just showed, uh, the problem is a lot of times they, they undermine the value of philosophy and they say that we approach it from a different angle. But it's important to note that logic is like foundational to any kind of thought, to any kind of intellectual, you know, uh, um, you know uh, uh, practice. So whatever angle you approach it from, even if Aaron Ra is going to talk about, uh, you know, evolution or if AP is going to talk about, you know, immoral, the immoral things that he finds in the Quran from his uh, subjective uh, perspective, then in doing that, you are going to use reasoning and logic in order to make your case. They speak as if, you know let's put logic and philosophy aside and talk about something else as if we don't need logic and philosophy in order to talk about whatever it is you're going to talk about. <laughs> so that's, that's just the funny part. And, and um, it's, it's strange that it comes from people with huge followings and, uh, you know, huge influences. Yep. I think we've got uh, thinker man here waiting. So let me add him to the stream. Hey, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're good. Uh, good. Hey, um, Abdul, by the way, if you could just talk to him, because I'm going to try to get the link okay. pinned in there. I have to sign out of my YouTube account and do a whole thing. So go sure, ahead. Sure, sure. Hey, Thinkerman, what's up? It's been a couple of days. Yeah, it's always fun talking to you guys. So, yeah, yeah, same here. Uh, my position used to be that there was no internal contradiction in Islam, but then I sort of delve deeper into the free will issue. And I, uh, I've talked to this before with you as well. And at least for now, I'm convinced that that is an internal contradiction. And if uh, you want to talk about yeah, it. Sure, sure. So, so, I mean, based on if you've been listening to what we've said, can you uh, basically present your case for why there is a contradiction? Okay. So uh, the type of free will I'm saying is one, the one that includes moral responsibility. So for, uh, I think it's important that we define what we mean by moral responsibility and free will, because if you have different definitions, like compatibilist definitions, then my argument just falls apart because I'm talking mostly about libertarian free will. So yeah. by, uh, by uh, free will and moral responsibility, I mean that A, you could have 
uh, you had the ability to do otherwise and b that you had uh, ultimate control over over the cho- over your choices okay okay so uh, so either uh, your uh, uh, your choices have a cause uh, then those causes are deterministic in which case that's not libertarian free will right so in uh, so we have to uh, add in indeterminacy and that means your the reason why you chose a rather than b has no cause and uh, if it has no cause then the cause can or explanation can't be that you chose it and made it such okay, can you, i can i can i just can i just try to help you out here with with the argument just let me mm-hmm. know if this is what you're going to say at the end of the day so in order to be more morally accountable you must be able to uh, you know choose your act you must be able to 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 choose what you're doing we cannot choose our act therefore we cannot be morally accountable is it something like that yeah you you can't exert control in such a manner that you bring about one action rather than another okay so so um we we discussed this a few times but uh, i think there's still a problem with you saying there's no cause for a free choice because we agreed that it's not really we're not really talking about an a causal mechanism we're talking about a, uh, a primitive mechanism that on a libertarian view might be arbitrary but it's not a causal um what what you want to say from me speaking to you i mean i understand your position is that considering there is no explanation for you know why you would choose one choice over another on a libertarian view therefore it is completely arbitrary and it, whatever instance you're put in uh it's just you and your luck you know whatever choice that's going to be i don't be. even think he's saying but, that abdu i think he's saying that the the yeah, idea well, i think he's saying the idea is contradictory uh what he's saying cuz i spoke to him a few times what he's saying is that because it is arbitrary cuz i i tried to dig this out of him but i don't that, think it is arbitrary i wouldn't even use that word i i'm not comfortable with that um, I mean, I think at the end, I mean, I, I would, I would use the word arbitrary for a f- true libertarian choice. I mean, the choice itself. I wouldn't say that there's no, you know, a, a platform there for to do causal work to like ground the free choice. I think it's grounded, but I think the particular choice in terms. Yeah, but of- arbitrary is. I'm looking it up. It's based on random choice or personal whim rather than any reason. Yeah, that 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 it has this negative connotation to it, but I don't mean it in that way. What I what I mean is that there's no external explanation that accounts for the specific choice. It is basically primitive is a better word. So the choice is primitive, and what yeah, but it's not without any reason. Yeah, there. So so yeah, again, we discussed this. So there are reasons that don't basically entail the choice. What he wants to say, which I want to grant him, is that the choice itself. Whether it goes right or left, in on 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 a non-deterministic model, is going to be something that's considering it's not entailed by the reasons. It's going to be something that's arbitrary, right? And uh, uh, what I, I want to agree with that. I want to say that the choice is primitive. I just think that it, it, that negative connotation he's coming with, that you know it being arbitrary means that it's just randomly happening happening is not true because it is primitive in the sense that it comes from the agent what else do you want for moral accountability Wh- whatever mm-hmm. the choice is going to be whatever possible world you're looking at 
on a libertarian view, the idea that an agent could have done otherwise does not mean that what the agent does is, you know, he's compelled to do. It's actually quite the opposite, that whatever the agent does, that act, that free act is always going to be from within the free agent and it's always going to be primitive i don't think it's this a causal mechanism that's just random and you know just uh, uh, relies on luck so that that's the first problem i have with your argument yeah. that you're assuming that you know there there needs to be this extra component but i i, I just I, I haven't seen you make a case for that because considering the act comes from internally from the agent i don't know what else you want for moral accountability the second and bigger problem i have with your argument is why should we accept your standard for what moral accountability is when you i mean i mean you you've spoken to me about this you don't really have an objective standard for what it is so i think the biggest the, the biggest point i mentioned to you was last time i spoke to you i told you listen you can't have it both ways. If you're going to say that free will is an incoherent concept and it can't, you can't, we can't be held morally accountable because we can't be truly free in, in, in the sense that you want us to be, then you believe the same about God's free will. So if, if you believe the same about God's free will, then you can't ho hold God morally accountable for holding us morally accountable. So your argument falls apart. God can do whatever he wants in that sense, right? So I guess the crux of the issue here is for me, Let's assume I accept your understanding of libertarian free will. You would say it applies to God. So whatever will or free will God has, it is similarly you can't expect from uh, you can't expect to hold God morally accountable for his acts. But it seems you are by saying that you know we shouldn't be accountable. He shouldn't hold us accountable. Uh, do you see the inconsistency there? Yeah, I do. And uh, I remember you mentioned this point last time as well. And uh, it was unfortunate, I think, for some reason, either I went out or you went out and I wasn't able to respond. So I I'll do it now because I have thought about what you said. So when you say that uh, the choice comes for you, from you, so who else is responsible? Uh, so that goes back to us defining free will and moral responsibility. I said that it has to be something that you could have done otherwise and that you had ultimate control over it. So let's say if I'm sitting and somewhere from my body, uh, let's say my face starts sweating, okay? And I didn't choose to make it sweat, but it is from me that the sweat emerges. But I'm not morally responsible for the sweat emerging because I didn't have any control over whether uh, my forehead starts to sweat or not. So and the reason why it's a problem is is because if it's truly arbitrary the way you say, then it then you, you did not exert any control over bringing it about in such a way. It's like you want uh, once you uh, at a time. I remember you said that it's something that happens to you. So that's that's my uh, response to your first objection, and then the second one about about God. I think just, just, uh, what just sticking on the first one first, but I mean, uh, how how is it in August? Because I think they're two completely different situations. So in the case of sweating, you're right. The whatever made you sweat is, you know, an external force that affected you and basically deterministically led to you sweating. But but when, when we talk about free will, we're saying the opposite. We're saying it's an internal mechanism and whatever. So if, if, if sweating is what it is, basically you chose to sweat. Uh, so whatever free act you do is an internal mechanism. And right now you're trying to make that analogous to something to an external force acting upon you, uh, I don't, I don't see how you can do that. 
so uh, what I was saying was what I meant was that whether it's something that internal to you uh, or something external, the point is that you had no control in bringing it about. It's sort of like something that happened to you instead of something that you consciously reasoned and br- brought it about. But but uh, but we agree. So last time we spoke as well, we agreed that it's the agent. I mean, so you, th- this mm-hmm. primitive free choice is the agent's choice. The free will is coming from the agent. It's not like free will is this separate thing, right, that produces these random choices. And I'm an agent that's, you know, uh, uh, not part of the free will. And it's just imposing its choices on me. I am that machine, right? I am making these choices. So it's it's primitive and it's internal. So I still see a problem with what you're saying. Uh, I'll try to explain it uh, one more time. Maybe maybe I'm not doing it rightly. So let's say you're a machine who's built in such a manner that you randomly push out numbers, okay? Let's say some numbers are good and some numbers are bad and you can't help but randomly push them out. You can never consciously in a controlled fashion bring about a certain number. They have to be arbitrary. So if a good number jumps out, then you won't really be morally responsible for it because all you can do is just randomly push out numbers. So similarly, we're a machine that randomly pushes out choices because I think we've agreed that their choices are arbitrary because if we say that there's a reason, then that would be an explanation that and that would require further explanation. So I think we've agreed no, that. No, we're not denying there's a reason. And that's, that's, I think that's what the good point Jake brought up. I mean, I'm not using arbitrary with that negative connotation that it comes with. I'm just saying that there's no that's explanation you that entails it. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. So, cause it does have a negative connotation, but then the, the reasons, there are reasons for choices, Thinker Man. It's just that the reasons don't entail the choice. Do you get the difference? I, I get it. Uh, but I think you were correct in saying that ultimately why you made that choice that that itself does not have a reason so let's say choice a has reasons one two three choice b has reasons four five six and now you have to decide what to do whether you choose a for reasons one two three or you choose b for reasons four five six that itself has no reason why you chose one or the other but that's what libertarian free will is you're just talking about what libertarian free will is you're not pointing out how it's contradictory or incoherent it's contradictory in the sense that the main thing is that why you chose A rather than B. And that thing well, has... What's the contradiction? You, you did it for no reason. You did it, it, it's sort of, you can say random, you can say chancy, you can say it's something... No, like, you can't. You don't. You can't. It's those primitive. Are all things, primitive those, is the word. Yeah, those are all things that you're adding on that they're not part of libertarian free will. That's just your assessment. So would you say that you had any control... Yes, um, I, that's what libertarian free will is. It just means to then, have a reason to do something, but the reason not be necessitating and say that I did this over this and I could have done this other thing. There's nothing so, incoherent about it. There's uh, Right there's the contradiction. Where? Where's the contradiction? So if, like I said before, I'm not saying that there, there aren't reasons to do things. I'm saying that the why you pick one choice over another, that itself has no reason. If you say there's a reason... What's incoherent about that? That's the question. Okay. Do we agree that that, that part has no reason? Are we in agreement there? 
Yeah, because no, Jake, no. His, his 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 the incoherence is elsewhere for him. So I'm saying even if I do grant that, there's still no incoherence because what you want to say is because of that, then you're not morally accountable. I just don't see how that follows. No, right? but I, I disagree. He's saying the incoherence is right here before you even get to more moral accountability. No, he's no, saying no. the very concept. I, I don't think so. No, I think what yeah. he's trying to say is that because it's just random and chancy, you can't be accountable for what you do. Yeah, right? exactly. But it's, it's predicated on the idea that it is random and chancy. It's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so those <laughs> terms, increment, I think I, I, I tried several times to tell you, let's not use the words random and chancy. So let's let's say that the choice is primitive, right? We're not saying that it's not grounded in an agent, but I, I the problem is what you're you're saying that it follows from you know the, the, the arbitrariness of free will that the agent is not accountable. I just don't see how you can make that case because you have to say that the choice is an internal primitive uh, aspect of the agent. It's not from anywhere else. So if there is any accountability at all, where else is it going to come from? There's nothing external to the agent acting on the agent, making making him do. He's he's acting himself. It's not randomly just it's. And the machine example you gave isn't a very good one because yeah, we, know there, we know there's a mechanism that's just, you know, imposed on the machine. But we're thinking of an agent that has the ability to make these primitive you know who has this primitive faculty of free will and is able to make libertarian choices uh, if you're saying the incoherence is there i i, I don't see it if you okay. want to say that that entails that he's not morally accountable i can see more of a case for that but i just don't see any logical entailment especially when you don't really have an objective standard to tell us what it is to be morally accountable right do you think that you can be in control of something that happens for no reason uh, no. Right. And so we uh, haven't we already admitted that uh, you're choosing A rather than B has no reason. No, My choosing no. A rather than B is is, is, is an internal it's, it's choice a, that I make. It's within yourself. Yeah. yeah. And the reason why you make that choice, why why A rather than B, it has to be, it has to have no reason because if it has a reason, then that must have a reason and that must have a reason. And somewhere down the line, no, you have bro, to... Bro, no, no, he just no. Told, Jake just explained that there's a reason, but it's not necessitating. I mean... Yeah, yeah. We're, we're spinning in circles. Thinker, you can make your final comment, and then we're going to have to move on to the next people, person. Okay. Uh, so I'll just make the final comment then. I, I understand that there are reasons for choices, but what the thing that doesn't have an explanation is... Why did you choose A rather than B? So some people like say you have an ability to choose, but that ability to choose is consistent with you choosing B rather than A, not A rather than B. There has to be some explanation for why you chose A rather than B. And that, if that point has no explanation, then the explanation can never be that you controlled it or you chose it because, because we're already granting that it has no explanation. So you guys can counter it and... Uh, and I think I'll well, do well, so you you're what you're doing is you're trying to press uh, a hard version of the PSR, but I'm just wondering if you would actually be consistent with that. And I I, I would actually argue that probably not. Right. So because what is your explanation for why the universe exists or why anything at all exists? 
So I, I don't think that's really even relevant. It is relevant because yeah, what I'm saying is you're not consistent with your own thing because when we actually get down to it, you're probably going to appeal to some type of bruteness. Yeah, but no, I won't say that anybody's responsible for that brute fact existing. No, no, but no, because you're you're saying that that in and of itself is is incoherent. No, 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 no. I've never said that brute facts existing are incoherent. I'm saying somebody being responsible for a brute fact is incoherent because a brute fact necessarily has no explanation. No, you're not because the person is in control of it. You're saying that he's not in control because there's not a further explanation. Yeah. So something you can't be. So if, if he were in control of it and he chose it, then that's an explanation. Yeah. yeah him choosing it is the explanation. That's the point. Yeah. And that would lead to further questions as to why would why did he choose no, that? No, it doesn't. Lead, it doesn't lead to further questions. That's the point. It's primitive. Yeah, yeah Pinkerman. I think because 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 yeah. we have to move on. But then I think that just the the main idea is is this. I don't think you do have a problem with brute contingencies. But then you you have a problem with first of all your conception of libertarian free will because you're saying you're trying to distinguish between the agent and the choice for some reason as if the choice is this random thing that happens and it's imposed on the agent, but the agent is making the choice. The fact that you know you don't have some sort of necessitating explanation for the choice doesn't mean that it's not internal from within the agent. And also, I think the bigger issue with this is that if we're going to deny free will altogether, what I said earlier about, you know, you're going to have to say the same thing about God and how he's not morally accountable. So him holding us morally accountable when he shouldn't, according to your standards, is not really a problem. So um, I guess I guess you could think about that and then we can discuss it, uh, you know, some other time. And not only that, one last thing to add is that from an Islamic paradigm, it's not necessarily wedded to libertarian free will. So that yeah. that's the other thing that you're also assuming that Islam has an internal contradiction, but you can actually be a compatibilist and be a Muslim. So uh, I just don't see on and really any way that you slice it, even if you granted your entire argument, how it would be an internal contradiction. So it would it would be an internal contradiction in that if we uh, if you if you believe that you could not have done otherwise, and then then God would be unjust. So no 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 it wouldn't because then again you're no longer doing an internal critique. You're then say, therefore saying that you can't believe in a compatibilist understanding of free will and also be accountable. And that's a further argument that you would have to make. So, so, so anyway, we're, we're gonna have to go, buddy. I'm sorry, we're gonna have to go to the next person because we've got five people waiting. We'll we'll talk no to you problem. next time. Take care. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Take All care. right, we've got uh, Sean here next. So, how you doing? Hey, assalamualaikum, guys. Waalaikumsalam. How's it going? Good, man. I just wanted to say before I start, um, I really want to thank you guys for all the work that you do. I really appreciate everything, and I'm, I've learned so much from you guys. Alhamdulillah. Appreciate that. Glad to have you here. Thanks, man. So um, my first qu uh, question, I guess I would say, is is holding that, okay, if you are an atheist and you believe that the universe operates just physical stuff, chemistry and physics, and that's it, is it a contradiction to believe that and believe that you have free will? I think we're probably all in agreement here, and I would say yes. Abdul, if you want to talk, you got to bring your your mic down. Oh, yeah. 
I was I wasn't talking though, but yeah, I know. I, but I, you I were mean, you were before when Sean first came on and you were muted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I I, I would agree it's a contradiction. Clearly, we'd have to do some work to show how it is but i think yes it yeah i i would just say i think sean that on uh, a materialistic paradigm where you like you said that everything is just matter in motion so to speak seems like a, a deterministic worldview or even if you think at the quantum level that there's some type of indeterminacy is still outside of human beings control and if that's the case, then, yeah, it's very difficult to see how anybody would have free will. Okay. And so based on that, um, would you say that a mechanism, like if we are just a mechanism, so to speak, can we be morally um, accountable? So, for example, if a thunder, mm-hmm. uh, if a lightning bolt strikes a forest and creates a forest fire that causes a lot of harm, mm-hmm. is that lightning bolt considered bad or evil no of course not yeah so i I see what you're saying yeah so it's like the previous guy that came on if he thinks everything's deterministic and this is something i mentioned to him not in this conversation but i spoke to him another time i think it was on clubhouse um how would you deal with moral accountability from a secularist uh, paradigm why are we throwing certain people in prison and for how long and you know all of that type of stuff seems to cast doubt on the very idea of moral accountability. It just seems like, oh, well, we don't like these people because this happened, and so we're going to punish them. But they couldn't have done otherwise, just like you said. It's just like yeah. a, a, a plant uh, growing a leaf is the same thing as somebody deciding to murder somebody uh, from that perspective. And, yeah, it just becomes very difficult uh, to justify punishing people and uh, moral accountability. So I would agree with you there. Yeah, so do, yeah go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, to get a good insight into what an atheist would say about this. Um, yeah, that's what I was ask. Yeah, check out um, Sam Harris. So he wrote a book on free will. Basically, yeah. he holds <laughs> the, the presuppositions you were mentioning. And so, he takes it to its logical conclusion where he, he denies free will. He denies um, the self exists. So there's no individual individuality. This is um, the self is an illusion, um, and yeah. So it, like he just sort of runs it to the end, and that obviously, if you want to see what they think from the horse's mouth, it's, there's that book in particular that's going to really give you an insight into the. Yeah, the- I kind of know his opinion, and I don't really like care for it. I, I'm curious, like. I like Graham Oppie quite a bit. I'm curious, do you guys know what he would think or somebody along those lines? Because I, I don't know if Sam Harris is necessarily a philosopher, really. No, yeah, yeah, um, he's not a good yeah. philosopher, but at least he's... Um, he's he's kind of a figure. Certain, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he holds he's certain assumptions. He's a scientist, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I haven't read enough on Graham Oppie, but I think he would be some type of compatibilist from, from what I understand. Okay. So, so being an atheist doesn't necessarily mean that um, you think the whole universe and even human beings operate mechanically then, I guess, eh? Well, I think that even if you – I think he thinks at the quantum level there's some type of indeterminacy, but even that would be outside of your control. But I think what he would say or try to argue is as long as – you performing an action is due to yourself that you, 
you uh, out of your desire or wants that you actually did it and that you weren't compelled to do it by somebody else, like with a gun to your head, then he would consider you free enough to be morally accountable. Now, whether you agree with that or not is another story, but I think that's what he would say. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think you guys answered my question. Uh, before I go, I do want to ask you one more. Um, mm -hmm. It's not related to the subject. Sure. Um, Faraz the Hobby, who I, I really like to listen to him, uh, he offers a few uh, Kalam, cosmo uh, not cosmological argument, but other arguments. Yeah. And one of the arguments that he mentioned was um, he didn't really go into depth. So I'm wondering if you guys know this argument and if you could go into, if you could mention it or talk about it a little bit, that'd be nice to hear. Okay. But um, he's, he mentions how um, the extreme skeptic argument where basically I don't believe anything I see. It could all be an illusion. Um, you know, it could be, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't trust anything I see or hear. The only thing I know is that I exist, the subject. And for a subject, I need I need to uh, depend on an objective existence. And then he makes the argument that that's God. But I'm curious, do you guys know, are you familiar with that argument? And can you go into a little bit more detail? Because it was kind of vague when he mentioned it. I think it's a, I think it's a form of transcendental argument. I've not okay. heard that particular argument from Faraz Zahabi. So I'm not sure exactly, but from what you described. So he's saying that I exist. I believe that there's an objective reality. And I have yeah. to ground the objective reality in something, and that objective reality is God. Is that his argument? Yeah, that's what that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, so it's a form of transcendental argumentation, so for God. Uh, so there's various arguments that, you know, can we as human beings objectively establish truth if all we are are uh, products of material agents, you know, or materialism. So if our mind is just a product of the brain and the brain is, in, you know, just uh, matter in motion, non-conscious agents, how can we ground truth? How can we ground something which is objectively true? And so uh, some, some philosophers are like uh, externalist in their view uh, of knowledge. They believe that actually knowledge is not something that we come up with but rather knowledge is something that exists as a as a, an objective fact, which has to be given to us. And so therefore, he says, if we believe that there is objective knowledge, then this would lead to a conclusion that there is a God that grounds that objective knowledge. Otherwise, we couldn't ground that objective knowledge. <clears throat> I think we will probably have a show on this subject, on the various transcendental arguments for God's existence, because there's a few. Okay. <laughs> yeah i'd love to hear it one day yep yep we'll be getting into that probably soon but uh sean we appreciate you coming on and your uh continued support may allah bless you okay thanks guys have a good one all right take care, take care. Take care. all right looks like we've got po next um, when i say salam alaikum yeah. uh siri thinks i'm talking to her and then <laughs> yeah, I, I can also say shalom. I think that's will be okay. Uh, so uh, thank you for having me. Are um, you Jewish, Pio? Um, yes, and but I'm an atheist, right? And you, you okay. will see that. Oh, there's a contradiction, no, but we are not talking about that, right? No. Um, uh, your topic was like the free will, and uh, well, no, the, the the topic is actually what's logic got to do with it? How to spot logical contradictions? Um, but of course, if you, if you've got a specific thing that you think is a contradiction, we'll, we'll take a look at it. 
Um, so but we were the stream was mainly just about explaining okay. what logic is uh, well, and what contradictions are. Okay, okay. I, I'm not, and I have to admit, I'm not the greatest philosopher on this earth. So you have, of <laughs> course, better knowledge than I have. But I will ask you, um, what will be the reason to make a choice at in any ways? So what will be, from your perspective, a reason to make a choice at all? It doesn't matter for what it is, um, and 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 according to my to your answer, I will ask you the next question, and then you will come to the contradictions. Uh, which okay, um, I don't know if anybody understood the question because I, I really didn't get it. I mean, if I could, if I could just understand it, like uh, if I could just answer it like the way I understood it, yes. reason to to do something can be as simple as like I'm thirsty, so I drink. I mean, so. I'm so thirsty, it, so I choose to drink. Yeah. Uh, so it's like the necessity. Of... No. So I'm no. thirsty, but I can choose not to drink. But I'm thirsty, and yeah, I, like when we're I'm thirsty, I can also choose to drink. So, so it's the month of Ramadan. We we are very thirsty, um, but um, we take it upon ourselves not to drink. Uh, so it's like a condition you have, and based upon this condition, you will choose or not choose to do something, right? Possibly. I mean, you could have a, yeah, so you could have a reason that's non-necessitating in the sense that the reason doesn't entail, uh, you know, uh, whatever it is that follows. And and if you will uh, do something uh, which will, um, because you talked about thirst, being thirsty, this is like a um, condition that your body is telling you, uh, yeah, you are thirsty, please take some water to you. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's not the usual stuff, uh, or not, not. It's not the only stuff. What I'm trying to say isn't, and you can say you agree or not, that to make a choice, and then you are need something or you don't need something, and then you, then you choose to do something or you choose not to do something. Would you agree with that? And I'm trying to be as broad as I can. I mean, I'm not sure what you're saying, to be honest. I, so, I, th I mean, there are, we have reasons to do things, and mm -hmm. we can choose what to do based on those reasons, I guess. Uh, but, but if you have reasons, it will mean that you are thinking of them and uh, kind of um, based so your... Pio, can I help you out? Can I help you out? Yeah. Are you trying to say that... The reasons for you to make choices is because of external conditions that you do not control. Mm, I'm, 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 what I'm trying to get at, if somebody makes choices, there must be a reason for it. And if there is a reason, um, he is just thinking of that. He's not neutral about that. He just Why thinks. Why does he need to be neutral? Um, I will come to that. Uh, but so if I so if I have two Snicker bars right in front of me and they're equidistant from me, they're like in the same equal distance from me, and I choose one, um, I, would you say the same thing that there are reasons I have for choosing one over the other? Because not for uh, my, my no no the, the reason the reason will be that I want to eat. It but doesn't my reason will be that I want either. to eat, but what the reason I chose one over the other? I'm telling you, I have two identical ones. And they're 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 just at the same distance from me. I, I I could choose one or the other, right? Yeah, but I'm not asking that. The reason that you chose at 
in the first place to choose one is that you want to eat. Okay. So yeah. So are you trying to make like an argument? Like, a, are you trying to argue in favor of determinism that our everything we do is based yeah. on prior reasons and things no. that you know? Okay. It, it so, might be helpful for you if you just lay out the argument. Yeah. Like, yes. You know, yes. I I should do it now, right? So um, you are saying that there is a god who is not depending on anything. And then he chooses, he does not need universes, he creates universes. He does not need suns, but he creates suns. He does not need people, but he creates people. And for me, that's a contradiction. Because if a god, and if I look up all your definitions for a god, he does not need anything. He will should be in a zen. Yeah, but, but Pio, so so based on what you just said, I can just change. I can just you know uh, substitute those sentences with 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 uh, the Snickers example. I don't need the Snickers, but I ate a Snickers. Um, yeah. How how is that a contradiction? I mean, why why does there need to be a need in order a for contradiction? To be an yeah, a contradiction. Just 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 to just to get you on track is A and not A. So I I need. The Snickers and I don't need it. If both of those, if both of those are true, no, no, it cannot be equal. If you say A is not A, uh, cannot equal not A, means that you will not choose to take any one of them because no, you the don't standard, need we, it. We read this out. Jake read this out a while ago. The standard def definition of of uh, a contradiction is basically the conjunct of A and not A. Both of those yes. being true at the same time in the same way. So what I'm saying is me not me not needing a Snickers yet choosing to eat it. That, that there's no A and not A there. Uh, oh, uh, you, might, you might have questions about why I ate it. It's just well, he's, I think he's assuming that action necessarily entails um, a need, and a I think that's a dependency. Yeah, I think that's I think that's false. Um, no, because uh, okay, you think I, I will yeah, you have to give an argument uh, for it because we can uh, give plenty yes. of counter examples to that, like, yeah, where we, where we act without well, you, we do a plenty need. of actions without a need. But I don't need to be on the stream right now, right? But I'm and on you it. Could, you, chose, you could I'm choose here. not to live at all, but of course, you are human. We are talking about a being which is doesn't need anything. There is no yeah. reason for, for him to do anything, but he still creates. What no, is no, no, the no. reason for it? The, the, no, so you said he doesn't need anything. Yeah. And then you said there's no reason for him to do anything. That, that's not yes. true. Because if Why he does not no need, reason? yeah, because if he does not need anything, he will do not, he will be in a Zen state. He will be all satisfied with himself he will be no, lucky. So, so, so satisfaction yes so i don't need the snickers bars but i can have a reason to eat it like i like snickers bars so the problem here Pio, is that you're you're coming from a place i get that you're trying to like speak your, your mind and explain your position to us but then you need to be more clear with the terms you use and actually point out a contradiction you're not doing that because I can, everything you're saying, I can give you a counterexample and explain to you that you know, okay. I can okay. not need a Snickers bar, but yet have reasons to eat it. So Okay, P1, a god does not need anything. P2 is if he do something, he needs something. That's false. That's what we're saying. It's yeah. false. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I said. You're my premise. I'm yeah, just but saying. Pia, but Pia, hold on a second. You're, you're assuming that an action 
necessitates a need. And we're no, giving counter examples no, to show that that's false. A reason doesn't mean that it's necessary. That's the second point. That's another presupposition that you have that we also reject. So you need to give an argument for the premise other than just stating it because we're giving counter examples to it. I want to choose this one or there is no reason because I just want to eat. Pio, yeah, but let you're me... wanting, but you're wanting, you're doing it all. No, I'm not wanting. I'm not wanting. No, I'm not. I, I don't need, to, in order for me to perform an action, doesn't mean that I mean that I have a need. But what, why then you will do anything? If you don't have a need to have a reason, as you stated. Yeah, but a reason is not a need. That's the point. A reason is an a partial explanation or it could be a full explanation, so, but it's not a need necessarily. Yeah, but there is a reason. It's meaning uh, just very broad. There is a reason. It, meaning, it means that you want to change your state, whatever it means. Can there be a reason without a need? No. Well, that's the thing. You're saying there cannot be a reason without a need. You need to provide an argument for that. Uh, because for everything, for at least we do, there is a reason, right? And, no, and yeah, but, but even if I have a reason, it doesn't require a need. I have a right. reason for being on the stream. It doesn't mean I need to be here. Like if you keep repeating to me over okay. and over again okay. that I have to have a need, I'll probably just boot you from the stream just to prove the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could, could so, and then what are you going to say? Yeah. I needed to do that? No, I can choose to stay here and talk to PO about needs or not having needs, or I could just say, you know what, the hell with it, and leave the stream. So, PO, PO, Abdurrahman gave an example earlier. He said, if you got two chocolate bars which are equidistant to each other, and you pick one over the other one, yeah, the the decision here, the decision here is between two equidistant chocolate bars. So he's saying that you don't need you don't have to have a need to pick one over the other. Yeah. So he's, this is a clear example of a choice that's not predicated upon a need. Okay, we are now you're right in Thank the you. example what we are talking about. But I'm talking of course about the God who no, already knows what will happen, whatever choice he made. I'm saying what will be the reason for him to create anything? He knows the outcome. This is a very good demonstration of why we're having the stream, right? So yeah. you, you, you initially came on saying you're trying to demonstrate a contradiction, but it shouldn't be very difficult to at least present a valid form, which I think you did kind of when you mentioned that, you know, in order God doesn't need God doesn't need anything. And, you know, in order to act, you must need something. So here, the thing is, you might you might be able to present a valid argument. The problem is we're going to reject that premise that every act requires a need. You're saying that, okay, fine, maybe in the case of humans, you don't need needs. But in the case of God, there's maybe some difference, distinction you're pointing to. I, I, but you I need to substantiate that. You need to explain why God's act necessitates that he needs it. If it's just an intuition you have you know, in your mind, that's okay. But you're not going to convince us by that in the sense that we don't understand where you're coming from. So you're going to have yeah. to substantiate the claim that God acting 
necessitates that he has a need. In fact, I'm saying the opposite, but I'm trying so, to explain so it. Yes, yeah, so uh, I understand what you said here. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm um, so I would say every human, when he does uh, anything, he has a need. He's doing because of reasons and because he doesn't know the future. And the different stuff for a god, and I'm not trying to disprove your god, I'm just asking about the concept right about the concept i'm not here to like disprove your religion or something and we are just talking right i'm not debating yeah so i don't understand so i understand when you say for a human he will choose that or he will do some this and this action yeah because there's a reason and the more the, the biggest reason of it and from my perspective is he does not know the future in the case of a god he already knows what will happen and he does not need anything and he cre still creates what is the reason for a god to create yeah so pio there's a few things that we need to identify the first thing that we need to identify is that is this an argument that results in a logical contradiction yeah for me it's a logical contradiction when somebody says that god created something because for me is, and I'm an atheist, right? I just going with the explanation of other people. Uh, so for me, so you can teach me on that, yeah? No, no, yeah. there is no uh, doubt about it, right? But I don't understand if there is an all-knowing, all-powerful God that he will do anything because he already knows what will happen. And uh, yeah, for me, a God will be in a Zen state. Like, he'll be lucky but, with himself. Yeah. See, see, Pio, th this is the this is part of the this, the issue is that what tends to happen is when people say there's a contradiction, what they're doing is they've got a lot of loaded philosophical assumptions or you know assumptions that they bring into the table. So, for example, initially you brought to the table that when a person did, does an act, it's because he needs something because he's incomplete. Then we explained that. And then you're sort of saying, well, the reason why a person doesn't act is because he doesn't know what's going to happen in the future, so he doesn't act. Yeah, and I'm sure we can give many examples where people act even when they do not. I what's didn't say spoke in, in this case about persons. I talk with our God. I I said that no, but every you're person is doing for the reason. This is the point. The point is you're analogizing between what human beings do, and then you're analogizing that to God. So. All I'm saying is that what you're doing is you're taking a lot of your own presuppositions and attempting to apply it to God and therefore saying, if God exists, then he would not have done X or he would have done X based upon my assumptions about what I would do in regards to this. So that's that's the problem. The problem is that you have to question your own presuppositions because we will question it. And we will engage in that discussion of saying, actually, this is the case. You know, why do you think this is the case? And if you can't justify that, then you can't say that it reduces to a contradiction. Yeah. And I don't think you can justify any of the presuppositions that you presented so far. But you need to recognize your presuppositions. That's the issue. Sharif, I agree with you. Thank that you. I'm... I'm doing my prepositions and i also already explained that everything what i do is based on some reasons 
and I did compare God to me or humans. I yeah. make the distinction between an all-knowing God and a human. And that's why I said the humans are doing stuff because they don't know what will happen and uh, they don't always know the right thing. Yeah. But, but, yeah, well, but Pio, Pio, let me stop you right there about the knowing the future thing. Well, again, I just so uh, this is not a logical, uh, you know, uh, argument if, if that's what you're trying to do. I mean, if you're just speaking your mind, it's fine. But if you're trying to say that knowing the future means that you can't do things because you know what's going to happen. I mean, where's the? Where, how, how do you make yeah. that link? I can know. Will, I can. I can know the, the future reason? and still do things. Yeah, but I mean, but what, what will be the? No, it, this is for me a contradiction. If I already I, know, I can know how I'm like gonna I, feel when I eat the Snickers I bar and still like eat it. it. I just, I mean, I, I just. The problem is, I feel you have this intuition about the way things work that you know. No, I'm, I'm just here to hear to hear your opinion. Know. So let be clear about that. I understand. I understand. Okay. I'm not trying to argue with you, and I appreciate talking to you. I'm, what I'm saying is, I'm giving you my perspective. I'm saying I hear you just sharing your intuition about the way things should work in the case of an all-knowing being, but I don't see any, you know, logical deconstruction of that intuition. I, I just see you saying that it feels like if he knew everything that's going to happen, he will not do something. But how do you make that jump? How do you make that inference between knowing the future and not being able to do things or not not doing things? I just don't see a logical entailment there. You just think that that's what would happen if he knew the future. Yes, so, people, in order for you to convince me with that, I think you're going to have to do more work and substantiate it. That's all. Yeah. So, okay, for example, uh, Pio, really quickly, you know. I, for example, I can give an example, a counter example. I could say, well, I know that if I offer this chocolate to this, you know, child or son, whoever it is, he'll take it. Now, my knowledge of what's going to happen in the future is not going to say, well, therefore, I'm not going to offer chocolate to, to this kid. Yeah. So I'm still going to, you know, I can still offer the ch chocolate to the kid, even though I know what the consequence is going to be in terms of the action. Yeah, um, so it doesn't, it doesn't, this is the problem. The problem is that your positions doesn't entail a logical contradiction and it doesn't entail something that's a metaphysical impossibility. Yeah, these two different things. Uh, rather, what it is, is that you've got the sort of, feelings of how things how people think and why people act and then you're attempting to claim well let me superimpose this upon god and therefore results in a contradiction it doesn't result in a contradiction it only results in a contradiction based upon the presuppositions which i think are unfounded that you have uh, uh that you hold on to yeah so you're superimposing your view and then saying because it doesn't uh, accord to my view it's therefore a contradiction when i will go and i'll be you can after that you can like, leave me out because there are other people if i will go only with just your example offering the kid the chocolate right yeah but if i knew this chocolate will poison him would you do it still do it Depends, isn't it? If I knew, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Little Hitler? Is it little Hitler? No, no. It says nothing. No, no. Let's go now to extreme. Let's go stick by the example. No, no, no. But that is that's he. That's why he's saying it depends. There are extremes. No, your knowledge. Your knowledge. Exactly. Your knowledge is you'll give the child the chocolate, and the child will take it, and but this chocolate will poison him. Would you still do it? 
Well, I said it. it me personally, obviously, it's haram for me to do that. I wouldn't do that because it's not allowed Islamically. But in this fictional scenario, the issue isn't about whether you would give somebody a bar of chocolate as poison. The issue is, you if brought an I example. know the consequence of the future, yes. just by knowing the consequence of the future, does it stop me from doing the action? No, it doesn't stop me from doing the action. So, so you will poison the kid? So No, no. The point no, he told you he wouldn't. Un under, under, <laughs> yeah, it's not analogous. Pio, yeah. your, your argument was this. Initially, your argument was about how actions are, are basically well, yeah, changed like three times already. To be and honest. then it became about, and then it became about, well, if God knows things in the future, why would he act? Because humans only act based upon not knowing what's the consequence. I gave an, uh, a rebuttal to that. And now you're saying, well, no, no, you know, you just, if you're you just said, you know, of, it would like giving it. a poisonous chocolate to a child, would you do it knowing the consequence? But again, you know, just that's not analogous to the initial point. That's my that's my issue. Okay, you Theo, just said we, it, we and and, and yeah, you thank you, thank you very much for your talks. Thank you for no, having me, and I will go now. Thank See you, you next take time. Take care. Bye. Yeah. Take care. Bye. All right. So we've got uh, Mr. Danish next, right? I mean, I mean, can, yeah. can we just look at this real, real quick, real quick? Here I think it's Danish, not Danish. Our, our, fr our friend here, Matthew Bardas, who's come on the show a few times. Here are two contradictions. The Quran and many early Muslims believe that humans had no free will. Now they say they do have free will. Here's another one. Allah tests people, but Allah knows the future. I mean, really, this is why we're doing the stream. Come on. How, yeah. how, 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 and how this guy, it? Matthew Bardos, is a lawyer. He's Imagine this guy. <laughs> is the one that's supposed to be defending you in court and making arguments. Or maybe he's, you know what, if he's the plaintiff, I would say, please, can you bring Matthew to represent the state? I, I'd like to get off easy. I'm sorry, Matt, but I think that you should have taken uh, a bit more attention to some basic critical thinking courses in, in your university career. No, no, but we like Matthew anyway. But it's about I'm not saying I don't like him. I mean, I'm just saying it's a bad argument. And that he, he has mentioned that he's a lawyer. And I find it interesting because lawyers are the ones that are supposed to be constructing or defending against arguments. And these are the kind of people that we have in that position. So um, anyway... I wouldn't hire you, Matt. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Assalamualaikum. Well, um, yeah, I had a question. Um, this is. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you guys. Can can, uh, can you guys call on me like next because I have to help uh, one of my parents do something? Um, yeah, sure. We'll question. bring you back. Yeah. Okay. Sure. It'll take like two minutes. Thank you. Thank you. No yeah. problem. I think we got Abu Muhammad next. That's it. Danish is not coming back on now. Danish. <laughs> Mr. Danish. Danish, Danish. Abu Muhammad, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum, assalamu alaikum. How are you guys doing? Alhamdulillah, good man. What about yourself? Alhamdulillah, I mean, it's been a while. Alhamdulillah, it's good to hear in your voice. Yeah, likewise. Have you got a comment? Yeah, I got a question. Yeah? I know Abdul mentioned a little bit, but I just need a little bit of example. What is the, can you give an example of something that is logically possible, physically possible, and metaphysically possible? And is there anything such as ontological possibility? Mm. Yeah. 
So, so something that's logically possible and metaphysically possible. Um, so, I mean, logically possible and metaphysically actual uh, is easy, which is also like possible in the sense that it exists in a possible world, which is the actual world, the existence of this world, the, the universe. I mean, that's metaphysically possible and logically possible. Uh, as, but I mean, other stuff like so metaphysical modality is, is a bit tricky because it's just going to depend on what your view what your what your theory of modality is that's going to determine what you think is actually metaphysically possible so that's a very deep discussion uh but what what was the second question ontological is there anything as ontologically possibility yeah so there's uh yeah so there's there's something like called ontological necessity for example that uh it's basically it's basically the fact that um more like of if you if you have like a causal chain and then you like you have a first uh, uh, you know member in that causal chain you say like it's ontologically necessary you know for the chain to be so that that's an ontological necessity interesting yeah. interesting uh, so let's say if someone said something can come from nothing would that fall under a logical possibility in logical possibility, no. physical so, lo possibility. Yeah, that's a good question. So, I don't, if you can't derive a contradiction from it, you wouldn't be able to say it's a logical it's impossibility. A it's a metaphysical Yeah, so you could say it's a metaphysical impossibility. So, something can be a, a, a logical possibility, but a metaphysical impossibility. Yeah. Very good answer, man. Uh, last mm -hmm. one. Yeah. How, is contradiction the same as impossibility? And how can one prove something to be impossible? So, you, I mean, a so again, so a metaphysical impossibility doesn't have to be a contradiction. We just discussed one, right? So something mm -hmm. coming from nothing. Uh, a, a logical impossibility, yes, I think it has to be a contradiction. And uh, what was what was the last thing you said? How do you prove something to be impossible? Uh, contradiction. I mean, there's pro proof by contradiction is a big thing in logic. So proof by contradiction is is, is huge. Uh, you can prove something also like it's like a conditional impossibility, which is similar to a metaphysical impossibility, based on certain assumptions or 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 within a certain paradigm. You can prove that something is metaphysically impossible. Nomological modality as well, which deals with like the laws of nature and stuff. So within a scientific paradigm, mm -hmm. you know, the sci scientists can say that you know such and such happening is impossible, and they be speaking more in like a nominological sense. Good answer, yeah. man. Yeah. Thank you very much. Everybody no support the chat team. Thank you. Subscribe, did Abdurrahman pass then, yeah? Yeah, you did. I made it easy for him today. Thanks, bro. Thanks a lot. Good to hear your voice. I like what. Salaam alaikum, brother. All right, let's go back to Danish. Salam, are you ready, brother, or you need a couple more minutes? I'm good. Okay, go too? ahead. Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Okay, so um, my question, you guys probably have uh, maybe covered this, but um, I came in late and I wanted it to be answered. So um, I was like researching and basically um, one of like the arguments we have against like Christianity is that like Jesus, uh, salam. Uh, couldn't have been a man because this went against the intrinsic attributes of Allah, right? 
so Allah is one, but um, but Christianity proposes three gods um, as well as one. Jesus was begotten, but Allah is eternal. God is eternal. So different arguments like this, right? So I had a question about free will and how that uh, squared up with one of Allah's attributes, right? So if Allah is all powerful over all things, right? How would it be? Um, wouldn't it be contradictory to have uh, free will uh, for humans in any sort of way? Since Allah is powerful over all things and humans are a thing as well. So humans having any degree of autonomy for themselves, how is that like, uh, how does that square up in like the Islamic conception? So there's a number of ways to answer this. I'm, I'm sure the other brothers will add uh, their points as well. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala having power and control over all things. So for example, my choice, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has power and control over me in terms of even when I make a free choice. Uh, maybe the, anal the analogy that I give is like, uh, if you have a child and the child is next to a fire and the child wants to put its hand into the fire and the father is there, then the father can stop the child at any moment. The father still has that power to intervene at any moment. So if the child places the hand into the fire, then the ch child has done so by the permission of the father, yeah, in essence even though it was from the free will of the child yeah so in the same way we can take actions by our free will but our actions that are done by our free will are by the permission by the permission of allah so there's no contradiction in terms of uh, saying that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all powerful and that we have free will okay so um can i ask like a follow-up question to that yeah, so, yeah sure. um, so if um just so i can like get it straight in my head and like kind of understand it uh more appropriately right so if allah is um uh, which allah is uh, completely all powerful over all things in that analogy wouldn't like even the ch child even having like the thought or the will of even going towards the fire right not the action itself but even the will itself of going towards the fire isn't that also completely controlled by allah or like determined by allah as well and um like, because um, the way I, the 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 answer I think you're basically giving is like, our will uh, would not exist if Allah chose it to not exist, right? But even us having a will by like Allah's permission, right? How is that like possible? Because it's isn't it kind of like uh, how Christians would say, oh, um, Allah cho chose uh, like so, something to happen, uh, like to give um, to like have a begotten son that is also God. How is that also like? Uh, like a I see, I see the I see. It's a good. It's a very good question. But that last part, I don't see how it's analogous. I mean, um, uh, it's a, it's a good uh, question because you're asking about God's sovereignty over all things. But I but okay. uh, I don't see how it would be like similar to God uh, begetting a son. I guess. Um, I guess it doesn't apply to uh, your answer, but um, other people's answer is like um, what uh, some other people have answered like to this question is like. Um, Allah chose for other uh, chose for some people to have a will that Allah has no control over, right? So Allah like relinquishes His sovereignty over uh, the human being's will. So isn't that yeah? But having like a will is having a will is not the same as being God. I mean, you can have a will, a free will, without being God. It's not all what it takes. It's, that's not all it takes to be uh, God. And God uh, begetting a son. That's that's completely different. That's your basically God 
sharing his divinity and that that results in certain contradictions if you think for example that god is ase as in god necessarily is exists of himself then that's a contradiction in terms for a god to be begotten because he needs to be self-existing but uh in, so but in the case of free will i mean you I don't know. You want to say that everything that is a free agent is God? I don't think that's what you're saying. I don't think, so, I don't so think Danish, that's true. Let me explain what you're saying, then you can, uh, you know, yeah. you can maybe say that uh, what I'm explaining. What you're trying to say is this, is that God is all-powerful, and God gives up power to allow human beings to have free will. And you're saying, therefore, if God can give up a portion of an attribute an eternal attribute then why can't he give up some other attributes in order to become like man is that your argument exactly yeah right. yeah exactly so it, it's not like why can't he it's like more like uh, we don't have any ground to go against like the christian claim basically if yeah. we say like so if some speakers say like allah gives up his power uh in order for humans to have uh, a free will then they don't have any ground to like go against Christianity yeah. or like what Christians say. It's just like a the, way more extreme yeah. version of what they're saying. Yeah. So the difference is though is this is that Allah subhanahu doesn't give up part of his power. So there's no power that's being given up. Because at any moment Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can stop us from having free will. So it's not like we are independent agents that are able to do things even in uh, contradiction to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants. Yeah, so we're never in that situation. All our abilities is derivative because they're created from by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we don't have any independent capability. If we had independent capability, i.e. that we could just make choices even in contradiction to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants, then you would have an argument or they would have an argument. But we don't say that. We say we say that we have been given this ability by Allah as contingent beings. We have been created with this ability by Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at any moment can control and influence or take it away from us. That we can therefore not do things except by the permission of Allah. Okay, okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So basically what you're trying to say is that like our will, our will is not independent to Allah's will. It's just main t uh, we have a degree of autonomy but that autonomy is like maintained by Allah's power like Allah could take it take it away like yeah. any second he wants to or like keep it like he does for us right now okay yeah, yeah so, for, so okay. for for example if our will was to conflict with his will at any point Allah has made it quite clear that we will be judged based on our intentions so you know this is like one of the first well this is the first hadith in Sahih Bukhari uh, where it talks about you you will be judged based on your intentions. So, for example, if you wanted to do something and that came into conflict with the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he could override that, but then still, you know, um, hold you accountable for that. So, for example, if you want to murder an innocent person, but, you know, circumstances arise because that person is destined to do something in the future, um, where this, um, you know, your plan is sort of... Uh, ruined or spoiled um you still intended to do that you would still you know had you been given the opportunity to do that would have done it etc um so you know th there's ways of understanding that allah can basically set things up with a particular mechanism where you are capable of having intention and trying to act that out 
um, and then judge you based on that. And you know, okay, we, we, that makes yeah. sense. And uh, for like the person that went before us, I I that uh, the answer you guys gave for my question makes sense. Uh, but for the person that uh, went before us, he was talking. I think he was the one that was talking about like why does Allah create anything if he's like by himself? Isn't it just like we say that like. Inst- it, like he's not adding to anything he he has himself but he's just like exhibiting his attributes like if he creates humans he's not like becoming merciful he's just like enacting his mercies so expressing it's not like it. adding or subtracting anything from himself like yeah, exactly. I don't he's, ex- he's expressing he's- the attributes it's, it's yeah, not that, that the yeah exactly yeah that's a possible explanation so that's what we would say it's not a necessary explanation but it's a possible explanation people give yeah but I okay. think the issue is is that from a from a purely from our perspective from see the problem problem with atheists is that they try to say okay if God exists God would create a world like this if God if there's world like this or God would desire X if X doesn't exi- uh, exist therefore God doesn't exist they tr- they go from a very top down approach whereas if you look at all of our streams we go from a bottom up approach we go from what we can sense and know. And then build the argument to that there is a, a necessary being that has a will, whereas, uh, and and there's no nothing contradictory regards that. But what you find is that what atheists do is they they have a lot of baggage, they have a lot of presuppositions, assumptions that they already hold, and then they apply it to God and then negate God. Yeah. So the better way, the more rational way, is try to remove or minimize all your presuppositions and look at based upon you know, what we can sense and build the argument up. And then you come to the conclusion. Now, asking the question, why did God create? Well, yeah, my mind is limited. I'm not going to fully understand that. I might be able to give some possible examples or possible explanations, but they're not going to be definitive. Uh, uh, They're just simply like stories that we can give. And this is another point that I probably wanted to mention earlier, which is, one of the ways to counteract a logical contradiction when somebody says that something's a contradiction is all you have to do is give a possible explanation yeah to counteract it like i think uh, yusuf mentioned it earlier if you can just give a counter to that position so if you can just give a story and say well here's an example of why something could be you're not saying it is the case you're just saying this is a possible explanation and if you've got a possible explanation, you can't say it's a contradiction anymore. Okay. Just that that anyway, sense. I think uh, we're going to go on to uh, our next call, are we not? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're going. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Danish. Danish. Thanks a lot. Very good questions. Jazakallah khair. So I go. Assalamu alaikum. All right. And now we have a Mr. Bartos. Hi, can everybody. I Got a little lag. Can you hear me good? Yeah, yeah we can hear you. Uh, we'll great. Let, we'll let Jake discuss with you. <laughs> that sounds great. Thanks for having me on again. Well, let me. I I've been on three. This is my third time now. I never actually introduced myself, so I wanted to tell Jake because he kind of <laughs> called me out about being a lawyer and all that. So yes, I'm a lawyer, but I don't know what country you guys are all from. Um, I'm a civil lawyer. I don't do criminal law, so I'm not prosecution or defense. I do do plaintiff, as you pointed out, but I sue people for breach of contract. So, cool. just a, cool. yeah, that. but even there, you still have to make arguments. Yeah, and I, uh, you probably, I know you're going to think I'm, well, I can't because of lawyer client privilege tell you, you know, the details of what I do, but I, I guarantee you're going to say I'm lying if I told you my win loss record. 
I've won 40,000 cases and I've lost six. It's the truth. That, that's, that's, very worry, that's very worrying. But that makes me sound a lot better than I am. It's just because the nature of my job, I don't bring a case unless I know I'm going to win. So, you know, there is an un, in those six, there is an unexpected surprise because I review the case before I begin it. So I know that I'm going to win beforehand. Um, but is yeah, that why I, you join here? Because you know you're going to win? Well, I like to have a discussion more so than a debate. There's no one here scoring points. But, um, I, I mean, I, I'm, I am astonished. I, I try to get in, I am an atheist, so I try to get into the mind of the theist because I'm 34 years old and I've never been able to understand it. I've been an atheist since I've been an adult, um, and I don't get it. So, but yeah, let me, why don't we ask the two questions that I brought up in the stream? Cause that's why you guys wanted me on and you seem like incredulous about them. Um, we could take either one. They're two different points. I don't know what you prefer. You want me to restate yeah, them? Uh, yeah, you you to, them yeah, I think, I don't think we're able to bring it up cause it's, it's too far gone now to be able to put on the screen. No, that's okay. Um, we, so the first, there's two. So the first one is we don't start as humans in either heaven nor hell. We start on earth. I've been told the explanation for this is that we are being tested by God to see which one of the two we're going to end up in. But it's a pointless test if he already knows the outcome. What's Why run the test if you know the outcome where he's predestined us to go to heaven or hell? The other related uh, contradiction is if you read the Quran, and I brought this up last time I was on uh, Surah 2.6 through 2.12, it says, okay, we, we're gonna have, maybe we'll have a fight about interpretation. My interpretation of that and the interpretation of many early Muslims was that it predestines people. So he, he knows Which, who's going to be and he actually two six through two twelve. Okay, Matthew, let's let's take the first one. So you said the first okay. one is a, is a contradiction. How do you define a, a contradiction? Are you saying it's a logical contradiction? Because the point of a test is to, is, is I don't know the outcome. I need to run a test to see what the outcome will be. But okay. he already knows the outcome. So why is he running the test? But, how do you define? Uh, before we talk about the specific example, how do you define a logical contradiction? Because our stream today primarily is about how how we understand what is a logical contradiction or logical impossibility, uh, which is results in a logical contradiction. So, how do you understand what a logical contradiction is? Um, we could go into identity, non-contradiction, and excluded middle, the Aristotelian laws of thought. If something violates that, that would be a logical contradiction. Okay, so you, the free classical laws, you're saying, if it violates one of the free classical laws, it's a co logical contradiction. Yeah, That's, yeah. I mean, and your, your standard way, I mean, you're talking about identity and equivocation, A and not A, right. as Aristotle okay. lays out. So, so in this situation, are you arguing as, are you claiming there's an internal contradiction, or are you using some external criteria to demonstrate a contradiction? Well, why don't I lay it out and you can tell me if it's valid and sound? No, no, I'm asking you. I'm asking what your position is. Are you are you saying this is an internal contradiction? This is what Islam says as one proposition. There's another proposition, and this proposition contradicts this, the original proposition. Is that what you're saying? Or are you saying these propositions contradict this? So this this the belief sets of Islam, the propositions that Islam has contradicts a further proposition which we think is necessary yeah i a necessary proposition and therefore it's a contradiction even though this necessary proposition is not actually explicitly mentioned within the quran or within the within islam 
you see the uh, difference it, between the yeah i do it's the first one it's islam says a and islam says not a okay so it's an internal contradiction mm -hmm. so in this internal contradiction you're saying that god tests human beings but god knows that what the what the end of that test is therefore the test is pointless therefore he wouldn't do the test but he does the test anyway okay so when you said the test is pointless you're now going away from an internal critique but why don't i give you the logical form because yeah, just yeah, so you on. know as well before yeah, you do before you do yeah go on. so this notion that it's pointless it, it is not true because it, it is related to justice so for example you can't punish someone for something or um praise someone for something if they've not done it so on the day of judgment it talks about showing you your account and holding you accountable so you know you if he was just to for example create us and then just throw us into hellfire or paradise without us actually having done the action then there is no relation to justice it was like well you know i didn't actually do that However, by allowing creation to begin and then obviously to play out and for the tests to happen, then there is a justice in, in terms of the but judgment. Be, be, before, Yusuf, before Yusuf and Sharif, but the problem is we're going to... The thing is, this stream is about logical contradiction, logic, right? And you came in saying that, you know, you you think there is a position that's contradictory in Islam. Now, you have to, you said, and you literally said A and not A. So you have to show where A and not A. Saying the test is pointless, even if it's pointless, doesn't demonstrate a contradiction. So where is, like, there is a point to the test. And then there is it's pointless. I mean, you you need to. The problem is a lot of atheists come on these streams, and you know, atheists do have this 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 uh, this mindset these days that you know, atheism or new atheism is about evidence and enlightenment, right? And you know, intellectual capacity. But the problem is, th these claims you're making, there's a way to show they're true. There's a way to falsify them, right? Now, I think you need to know that way. If you don't know you're, that way, then it defeats false. the purpose. Yeah, it defeats the purpose of by these by the by the new atheist standards, being an atheist who is enlightened and basically knows what he's talking about and only he speaks based on evidence and has reasonable positions. So if you're gonna come on the stream and say there is a logical contradiction, the least you can do is present a valid deductive syllogism premise premise conclusion that is logically valid that is formally valid i mean if you can't do that then i just think that Abdul, we're gonna keep going you circles, rerun this I, tape, I don't i've I, offered to do it twice so when let, you rerun let this you do it, let Matthew do it go ahead do it <laughs> premise premise conclusion premise one the purpose of a test is to determine an outcome do we we're not going to get past that no false <laughs> because really? now it's no longer an intern internal critique right yeah that's false we would disagree with that so 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 what is your definition of test you the test doesn't necessarily have to be for the tester it could be for the one that's tested what difference does that make because it's not to know what the person is going to do necessarily so when I run a test in a laboratory, I, I combine two chemicals and I want to see what's going to happen when they combine. Is the point not to see what happens, the outcome? That's called, we would define that as a test. Yeah, but what you're doing is you're using your own definition of... You're, you're, you're telling me that's not the definition of a test. No, I'm saying it's not. 
When I go in to bring my car emissions, they test to see what the emissions are. They have to run the test to see how much emissions are coming from my car. You can read what's on the screen. So anyway, we reject your definition. So straight off the bat, your argument's not going to work. You're, so you're just rejecting my definition by assertion. Can you show no, me? No, no, no. You're, you're asserting that it means that. You're asserting that that's the only possible way to Go understand what just prove it. Okay, it, I it just doesn't. did. I just did. So, it, it, so it, are, you, I, are you admitting Matt, that it's one definition? Matt, like, for example, I knew that you were going to come on here and come with a, a silly argument, but it's still a test. What? I knew you were going to come on here with a silly argument, and you're still being tested. So knowledge doesn't negate a test. Ma Matthew, so Matthew go, go back to your first premise again. Go back to your first premise. Point of a test is to determine an outcome, an outcome that you don't already know. So, so do you understand why we why we reject that that is a necessary definition of a test? As long as it's one definition, I can still run the rest of the argument. No, because if it's one definition, it's no longer an, it's no longer a, a logical contradiction. It's a it's a presupposition. It's, a, it's an assumption that this definition is the only definition that I'm going to use, even though there are other definitions that could be used. So what is the definition of a test for us being on this earth in Islam? So what, what's the definition of the test? So that we as human beings can undertake actions which are halal or haram or uh, undertake actions which are belief or disbelief. So we're using the same definition, so I'm fine. Right. We, we, we are being human beings. No, so wait a minute. So look what you're doing here. It's you're you're using us. my definition, and you're saying that it's a that that's still a no. problem. No, because you're you're trying to apply this upon God. You're saying, well, God would not set out the test if God knew the answer to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, right. what Jake said is that tests sometimes are not for the one who gives the test. Sometimes the test is for the one who takes the test. Yeah. And I say, why does that matter if God knows the outcome anyway? He predetermined because... the way that I'm going to take the test. So, like, so for example, in college, yeah, I had a science teacher and he'd been a science teacher for many years and he'd been doing these tests for many years and he knew exactly what was going to occur at the end of the tests. But he still had us do the tests despite him knowing what the outcome was. So he, he, I don't know if he, you, you say he know, knew exactly. That would, that would be a miracle. He had a, he no. had a good guess. He didn't know exactly, but you believe no, no, that no, God no, knows no. exactly. No, Let's so he, explain that further. He, yeah. So like he was a science teacher. He said, if you drop this penny, it's going to fall at a particular rate. Now, and then we did the tests to prove that. So th those are still tests despite the answers being known. Yeah, but that, no, 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 that, that's different. That's important. That what he was doing was demonstrating something. Oh, with a so test. He's trying to teach people with a test. Yeah. yeah. I so mean, guys, whole... let's let's cut to the chase. The idea is, Matthew, your 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 argument would be formal. I didn't hear the pr second premise and the conclusion, but assuming that because... it's form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So assuming that you're going to show that it has to be to you know to to, to determine the result, and then you derive from that the fa a contradiction. 
it will it would be formally valid and it would work for someone who accepts your definition but mm -hmm. definitions aren't that rigid i mean the, the the idea is the concept of a test nothing in the concept of a test necessitates ignorance about the outcome nothing there's not there's no if if there's no logical direct logical connection there's no entailment relation between you know the idea the concept of a test and your knowledge of the outcome you Under can this say definition of you, test you it can, is you yeah on this definition fine so if i accepted your definition i'd say yeah that that that, that will be a contradictory now the question is the question, do you accept my definition because no, sharif no. is saying that the point of us being on the planet is to see if we do the good things or the bad things so that seems like no, we're looking no. for that outcome no, no, not to see. He's not saying so God can see. He says it's and 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 Jake explained that the test can be more for you know uh, uh, the person who's being tested than 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 the tester. I'm I'm, I'm just saying that in order for you to, for to 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 bring this to a logical contradiction, Matthew, you you shouldn't rely on you're the basis of your argument shouldn't rely on a definition that can really go either way we have we're coming from different places unless you agree of, with my definition because if you agree with my definition then you're just yeah, making but, 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 we, explained we don't we explained that we don't okay so, you, so so but wait that's the part i need to know why i need to know why you yeah, don't agree so, with the definition. so 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 matthew if you're doing an internal critique and you're trying to derive a contradiction from within the islamic paradigm then you should understand what the islamic conception of a test is and you clearly would see that God testing humans doesn't mean that God doesn't know what humans will do because we believe in foreknowledge. You're saying that it's a contradictory uh, position because of your presumption that this, these two things, foreknowledge and testing, are impossible You know, uh, to be like conjuncts with one another. But that's not really the Muslim position. So right now it's not going to really be an argument about like, it's going to be an argument about the definition and there's no reason why we have to accept your very narrow definition as opposed to us just merely saying that there's no necessity. There's no necessity for uh, ignorance in the concept of a test. It doesn't necessitate that you're ignorant about the outcome. We're not even, we're not even saying, that, yeah, some tests, when some tests, you can be ignorant. In fact, maybe even we can tell you even most of them. From our experience, yes. But some, the, the idea is in a logical argument, you have to show that it's either all or nothing, right? You you can you can you can make a case for why it's more likely that all tests should require or should should preclude the idea of foreknowledge, but we're not going to accept that. I mean, and and really, how are you going to show that? How are you going to demonstrate? You're, you're giving it? an answer without an explanation. You're you're not saying you're not explaining why then God would do the test. We, we just we gave you we gave you several. I mean, Yusuf gave you several examples yeah, of us knowing the result of. Uh, you know, a test, but still Character doing it. Building, yes, but why? Building, you could have what do you mean? Building, what do you mean? Why we can? Yeah. So, 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 we so, can God, so, so God started the ball rolling. He created everything. So it was His decision to give the test. He already yeah. knows what's going to happen. So why is He giving the test? Because it's well, character why? building for free creatures. Yeah. But we're not free. But yeah, yeah. So many we here. believe we're free. So, so again, assumptions here. But, you, but Abdul just said. Uh, well, uh, there's foreknowledge, and God created us, so we're not that. No, foreknowledge again, an assumption saying that if you know something, that the person's not free. That's what I'm saying. You're not. You're not it's a two-step process. Wait, let me just explain this because uh, you guys, you guys say this all the time, and you're not getting it. It's a two-step process. God creates. Step one, God knows the future. Step two, it's not just step two. It's step one. He creates. 
knowing the future to create set in motion the outcome. Yeah, but just because he creates doesn't mean that we're not free. That's the point. Really? I just explained why it is. So it's premise, premise, conclusion. It's not. You're, God you're knows. God knows what's going to happen. He sets the chain in, in motion. Matthew, Therefore, we're not free. Matthew, before we go into another argument. Yeah, this is a different argument. Do, do, do you understand what Abdurrahman's saying? He's saying that when you say something's a logical contradiction and you're using uh, the definition of a word, you have to demonstrate that the word test entails your definition. Like, for example, if I say a married bachelor is a logical contradiction, it's because the word married and bachelor, they entail a contradiction. Now, you're giving a definition of the word test, a possible definition. That's not entailed by the word test. Yeah. So you're not giving a logical contradiction by using a possible definition that's not entailed necessarily by definition. Yeah, I get all of that. And I still haven't heard why you don't agree with my definition merely. You're just asserting you don't agree with it. No, but you're not just giving me the actual reason. We gave you examples why. We gave you yeah, examples because why. Matthew, Matthew. Yusuf before, gave me an example. The closest one of you gave me an example was Yusuf about the coin flip or the dropping the coin. No, no, but, that, but the, his professor had a different reason for doing that. So that's what I'm looking for. What is God's reason for the test then? So, so the professor's reason was to demonstrate the effect of gravity. Matthew, Matthew. So you said at the beginning that you're doing an internal critique to demonstrate a clear logical contradiction. Yeah. So the onus of the proof, or the onus of substantiating that is now on you, Matthew. So you have to now do the work, yeah, to demonstrate a logical contradiction. Now, if you demonstrate an apparent logical contradiction, then we have to do the work in order to demonstrate a possible explanation to demonstrate that it's not a logical contradiction. You haven't done the work yet because you failed in the first part, which is to say that the test necessarily entails this definition you agreed that the word test does not necessarily entail a particular or one particular definition so as a result you're not creating a logical contradiction at this moment in time it's not for us now to give a definition of the word test it's it for is you. a it is a logical contradiction if you accept my definition so i've still done you just that's where you disagree so it's fine yeah, so if, if we accept it, but are we are we ob obligated by logical ne necessity to accept that definition? You, so you're. No. I'm going to say yes, and then you're going to say, well, you. Matt, Matt, is your definition of a test the same thing as a triangle having three angles? No. Okay, so they're not on equal playing field. That's the point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So your 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 definition of a test is not. We don't need to accept it by logical necessity in the same way that triangle has three sides. But the point is, you're only asserting that you don't accept the definition. If we gave you reasons why. We gave you reasons why. You might not like them, but I heard Yusuf's, but I don't understand any of the other Matthew. Because what, two, why did God? Do I did, this? So there's two. There's two issues here. The first issue, Matthew, is. You have to show that the word test entails your definition. If you have said that your the word test does not entail your definition, 
is only a possible definition, then that's it, game over. You can't demonstrate that it's a logical contradiction. That's a very glass half half empty. Uh, if, if, if my definition is sometimes correct, why does it have to be universal? If it's sometimes correct, at least I've made a valid argument. That's it. That's the point, though. If it's that means it's possible. Correct, it's not necessary. It's possible. So what? Means that's the point. Therefore, it's not a necessary contradiction or it an impossible. It still goes in the pile of evidence over here that I. it still weighs on the scales. I just made a valid and potentially sound argument that weakens your position. No, so no, Matt, Matt, we're not talking about Matt, we're not talking about weakening or strengthening. I think you think you're in the courtroom. You're not in the courtroom. The scale doesn't exist. You need to come down and smash the scale into pieces and say it's not there. That's what in you're a court, in, in a courtroom, people's entire lives and livelihoods are on the line. It's a very important burden Matthew, of evidence that is Matthew, used Matthew. there. Let me help this you is up. ivory tower logic, which is fine. I like that too, but there yeah, one has much graver consequences yeah let me help you out yeah so yeah it does what you're doing you're, you're you're doing is you're not trying to demonstrate a logical contradiction that's first you're <laughs> not doing that yeah <laughs> that's quite clear but what you can say is i'm giving a metaphysical argument to demonstrate the impossibility yeah here's my presuppositions yeah which are possible or i'm giving an evidential argument against your position of test. That's what you should be saying is an evidential argument, yeah? Not a logical contradiction. Because logical contradiction entails that this the proposition not only results in a contradiction, but it becomes a meaningless proposition. Whereas what you have to say is no, it's not gonna result in a logical, uh, you know, a meaningless proposition or meaningless sentences. Rather, it's an evidential argument. Here is what I assume to be true. I think I have evidence of why I think it to be true. And that's why I discount X. But yeah, the, the problem is what, what, what you're saying is a married bachelor is only a contradiction if the uh, word bachelor means unmarried, and even though it has other definitions. But no, we use that as an example all the time. Yeah, but it doesn't have other definitions. But Matt, we'll give you about five more minutes, and then we're gonna have to go to the next person. Okay. If, go you ahead. Got a problem, if you got a problem yeah, with the word bachelor, someone... you can say uh, a four-sided triangle. Yeah. Yeah. So if someone comes and disagrees with your definition of bachelor, and they mm -hmm. add some, they 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 you know add some nuance to the definition. Right. That so you just for... take, you just take you're yeah, just disagreeing yeah, but... by my definition of test, yeah. but you're not saying otherwise it's invalid. No, but here's the point. The the point is. What we're disagreeing with is the idea that tests always have to be the way you're explaining them. Always have to go by your definition. All right. We're disagreeing with take... that. We agree you have reason to assume that, you know, some tests should be, uh, you know, carried out in this way where you don't know the outcome. So like you gave the example of, you know, doing science tests in a lab, you don't know the outcome, you're doing tests to see the result. Fine. In that context, yes, but that doesn't mean that every kind of test, because this is a very different kind of test, right? That doesn't mean that every kind of test, you know, requires this aspect of ignorance. It's just not, well, it's that, just that, not that, necessary. Part, that last sentence there is what I don't understand why this is a different kind of test, but okay. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, so again, so spiritual, so, so, so soul building, for example, right? So if, if you have a, a case where you will put someone through, a, uh, a certain difficulties and this person is going to spiritually grow through these difficulties 
it doesn't that doesn't mean that you know necessarily you must be ignorant of the outcome you can know the outcome is good for example you can know the outcome is good and still put them through that test because you know okay at the end of the test they're going to come out a better person so even though i know they're going to come out a better person well i'm just going to go ahead with the test <laughs> because yeah, you're because... an omnipotent god who could cut to the chase by snapping his finger and then we're in heaven with the soul that he wants no, well, why, also why, think why, it's about free creatures. It's about free yeah. creatures being able to yes, exhibit. But, so characters. that's why I brought so, up my second point. I don't. Where right now, that's not the point. Right now, will. that's not the point. The point is the point is we want to give you counter examples for the idea that every time there is a test, there cannot be foreknowledge. There must be ignorance. And I just told you, I just gave you a scenario where I know that a certain test will make somebody grow as a person, right? And I can know the outcome of that, assume I have foreknowledge of it, and, and I can still do it. So um, I, don't, I don't know if human beings ever have complete foreknowledge of any. To, but bro, you need to when we're doing when we're doing philosophy, you give a lot of these thought experiments and sometimes it doesn't have to necessarily reflect human reality so you can give and i like you could just grant for the sake of argument just as a thought experiment that there is a person who knows the future and he knows that if his son for example goes through a particular test he will be a better person does that mean that you know oh wait i know the future so i'm not going to put him through the test and make him a better person that would be ridiculous i, I think it very much so, depends right? on well i, I think it very much depends on who starts the ball rolling and that is that is a point that you guys constantly ignore. And I just I have no, five minutes. Why, 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 does that, I, why does that make a difference? Because it's perfectly because, analogous. So God gets the so question here, is God... who is who is who is caused who is the verb who is doing the action here? Is it God or the person? This that's a different argument right now. So right now we're trying to establish that tests necessitate ignorance of the outcome of the test. Right? We're trying to establish that part of your argument. You're taking it right now to free will. Right. So free will is a different discussion. That's a different con contradiction from your perspective that we can talk about some other time. But right now, you just need to establish your first premise because your first premise isn't even get on, getting off the ground because we're continuously giving you counter examples where it is. Yeah, OK, so I, I will I will, to test. I will you... take then. I will take what Sharif said. I've provided evidence against your existence of God, just not proof because I couldn't do A and not A. I just yeah. piled piled evidence yeah, yeah. because you admitted that even more than yeah. more frequently than not a test is to determine its outcome. Yeah, yeah. evidence evidence just by the way, way evidence can be a deceiving word because there can be bad evidence. Like for example, I could have evidence for Bigfoot. It could still be it's still evidence. It just doesn't have to be good evidence. The evidence doesn't necessarily mean that the conclude what I think the conclusion of the evidence is is reasonable. You know, you can say it's. Yeah, yeah. Evidence is basically a reason to believe something, something that makes a proposition more likely. So that's true. So, so you can have evidence for all kinds of unreasonable stuff. It's still evidence, but it can be bad evidence. You so know? let's see so, if you guys uh, can defeat this one. A test is sometimes and perhaps most frequently defined as an experiment which people undertake where they don't know the outcome. God knows the outcome. God still... Uh, does the test that's a contradiction now yeah, you're so gonna you can, you can induct it, yeah so you can make an inductive argument you can make you can make an inductive argument most tests are like this therefore mm -hmm. it's most likely that even mm -hmm. in the case of god that kind of test will be like that good yeah, so i make, just you, give a strong no, 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 argument no, no, no. against the existence yeah. of god okay not, uh, not, like, can doesn't I mean it works bro it just means can i jump in here can i jump in here so the thing is is if 
you're saying most, right? What you're saying is most of what we've experienced. Now, if it is the case that the test that the human being is being put through by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it's not true that most. If if this is the exception of the case, um, or even if there are other exceptions, this one in particular, this particular exception, means that most are not what you just said. Because most, like, there's more examples of you know, the amount of human beings that have been created in order to go through this test. So what you're saying is completely dependent upon whether or not this example, that is the human being being created and put through a test, um, is uh, a, a counter evidence to what you're putting forward. Now, with regards to evidences within the Quran um, and within the Sunnah, now, at no point is the proposition put forward that you are not a responsible agent. The, the, the Quran never makes this claim. On the contrary, it constantly puts forward the, the claim that you and me and everyone here is a responsible agent. So here is one. And uh, so this is chapter, which one is it now? Chapter 18, Surah Qaf, uh, verse 29. Uh, yes. Verse 29. And say, uh, and say, the truth is from your Lord. Then whosoever wills, let him believe. And whosoever wills, let him disbelieve. Verily, we have prepared for the Zalimun, the polytheists, the wrongdoers, a fire whose walls will be surrounding them. And if they ask for help, they will be granted water like boiling oil. So, you know, here, whoever wills, whoever wills, if they choose this, they get that. If they choose this, they get that. And then it says here, um, chapter 3, verse 182, that is because of what your hands have sent ahead, what you have done for yourself. Allah SWT, uh, does not wrong you, but you only wrong yourselves. Um, the truth is from your Lord. Let anyone who wishes believe it. And let anyone, uh, sorry, that's the one I just read. Indeed, we have guided him to the way. Be he grateful or ungrateful. This is what your own hands have sent before. And Allah is not in the least unjust to his servants. Like the precedent of the Pharaoh's clan and those who were before them, who denied the signs of their Lord. So we destroyed them for their sins and we drowned Pharaoh's clan. And they were all wrongdoers. It constantly runs so in this read point. My, read the ones that I want you to read. Two six through two twelve. Matt, Matt, why don't you? Because we're gonna have to go. If you want to mm -hmm. give your final concluding remarks, all right, I'll, read, I'll, I'll read them. I'll read them. So you just heard the I ones. I was gonna bring it up. Yeah, I was gonna bring it up. Do, yeah, I know, but we we we're running short on time here. It's it'll take me about two seconds. It's, it's go, uh, go go okay. Yeah, all right. Uh, two six through two seven or two six through two twelve. Excuse me. Indeed, those who disbelieve, it is the same for them whether you warn them or not. They will not believe. Allah, uh, Allah, has set a seal upon their hearts and upon their hearing, and over their vision is a veil, and for them is a great punishment. Now I have to pull up two eight. That was two seven. Sadaqallah So yeah. So Matthew, uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, we'll maybe discuss this later but, on. But there's but, a there's a problem here because uh, Sharif, I'm sorry, yeah. you remember he brought this same verse up last yeah, time. Yeah, no, but I don't know. Just give it. Just give it on the after after Matt leaves, please. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry, so otherwise, it's going to keep point, going yeah, back and forth. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Matthew. It was good yeah. talking. Yeah, thank to you, you guys. I'll talk to you guys again. Have a good Take one. Thank you so much. Yeah. So the problem is Matthew brought the same verse up. Like he's only been on the show two, three times. And and I what I did is I told him just read a few verses later. And it was a verse that specifically gave context and said that this blinding and deafening and dumbing was a result of 
you know, the, the agents choices they react, made. the choices yeah. they made, and he acknowledged that and he understood that. So yeah, it seems to I'll be read it for you. Coming with the same objection. I mean, it's, it says they think they think to deceive uh, Allah. This is starting in verse nine. They think to deceive Allah and those who believe, but they deceive not except themselves and perceive it not. Verse 10, in their hearts is disease, so Allah has increased their disease, and for them is a painful punishment because they habitually used to lie. Verse 11, and when it is said to them, do not cause corruption on the earth, they say we are but reformers. Verse 12, unquestionably, unquestionably, it is they who are the corruptors, but they perceive not. And it goes on further to say, so that's the point. Yeah. It's, it's them who have done it, and then Allah increases their disease. Yeah, yeah. and just to kind of re really run this point home as well, is that you'll you'll hear them, they'll read this, and then they'll just sort of blanket associate it to anyone who is referred to as a disbeliever. But that's not true, because there is a category of disbelievers who can become believers. And so therefore their hearts are, are not sealed by virtue of the fact that they can become believers and that they can leave behind what they do. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reaffirms that this kind of disbeliever does exist. In the Quran, he talks about those who, you know, um, repent and that the doors of repentance are always open and that, you know, if they do come to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there's examples of these within the time of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu mm. People who began as disbelievers, began with a certain mentality towards the religion and eventually their heart changed and they inclined towards it. Now, that means by necessity that these verses that he's pointed out are specifically referring to a certain kind of disbeliever who persists in their arrogance and continues in a particular path, which they initiated by their own choices, for which they are responsible, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala completely, you know, I've already read the verses, um, You, this is because of what your own hands have sent forward. This is because of what you have done, the choices you have made. You're now dealing with the consequences of that. And he allows people to dig their own holes. If you want to do this, go ahead. And it's not to say that everyone who goes down that particular route can't repent the doors of repentance are always open it's yeah, made quite clear but there are some people who are just not going to do that and they maintain and persist in their arrogance and they do until their death and then they I, adult I just, with the same I just wanted to add as well just really quickly obviously he came on initially talking about how there's an internal contradic contradiction and then he gave an example about you know the test and God knows the test but yet tests and are you know defined as those things that you don't know the outcome for that's the reason why you do the test and so you know, you can see how, uh, for the audience, hopefully they can see how what we demonstrated was that what he was arguing was not a logical contradiction. He You're here to admit that. Because well, yeah, when exactly. we went over the definition on the yeah. test, I said, is that definition necessary? Or, you know, basically is it a logical Absolutely. contradiction? Yeah. And he said, no. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay. Have a nice day. And then, and then Abdurrahman explained the soul building concept the idea that you give somebody a test that you know what's the outcome is going to be but you do it for the person so he builds his spirituality his moral characteristics etc so yeah. that now completely demolishes the argument that says that most if not all tests are done for unknown outcomes yeah so he doesn't really have an evidentialist argument nor does he have a logical argument in, in order to demonstrate some sort of problem or contradiction in this case. Just in response, really quick, really quick, just in response to Hassan, who said that a perfect book is so confusing, uh, bro. Just because you don't understand any something, it doesn't mean that it is confusing. The problem might be from your perspective. 
a lot of people don't find it confusing and i think it's very clear and i think from you know uh, the 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 discussions we've had with many people including yourself who've come on the show i think it's been made very clear that the problem is is with your understanding because what uh, the, the book itself says is pretty clear and straightforward yeah, a simple example uh, some people find calculus really confusing but you know it doesn't follow from that that it isn't coherent and that yeah. many people do find it completely coherent and understand what's going on and are yeah and it. matt if he just read a couple more verses he would know that it was probably one plus one equaling two rather than calculus i think we need to go to um mr delicious hold on before i before i bring him on let me take a drink here <laughs> <laughs> mr delicious welcome sir how you guys doing Good. I'm just wondering what's what's with the name, buddy. Did you come up with that yourself, or did is that a nickname somebody gave you? Uh, that's uh, Psalms 34. It says, uh, "Taste the Lord and see that He is good." So I, I flipped it and I said, "Delicious." Every time I serve the Word of God, is something delicious for the people uh, to to taste. So uh, I have in line with the 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 uh, the topic. Uh, logical contradictions. I'm, I wanted to do an internal uh, internal critique of uh, one of the titles or one of the uh, uh, characteristics of your God. He's, it says that he's omnipresent. So I'm wondering if he doesn't enter creation, how can he be omnipresent? And if you say he is, he does enter creation, um, what is the, the effects of that? Uh, we don't say he's omnipresent. Where, where do you say that oh, you don't? Uh, God is omnipresent in the Islamic context? Okay, so you don't believe that. I, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, so you don't believe he's omnipresent? I'm asking you, where does it oh, say? I don't know. I, I, I didn't. I, I thought you guys believed that. I, I thought you guys believed. So you don't believe he's omnipresent? We don't believe wanna... that he's present in like the space of every single yeah. place in creation. Yeah, we don't believe okay, so... he's permeated through space, no. Okay, so, so I want to make it clear. There's no uh, characteristic or uh, uh, of omnipresence as it relates to your God, is what you're saying? Not in the way that you understand it, no. Okay, so what, what what does it say? What do you guys say he is? We believe that he has knowledge of and he's causally active at every point in space, but we don't believe that he's a, a body or an object that is literally permeated through all of space. I don't believe that God, like there's a piece of God in my drink. No no problem. Uh, he's spiritual, so I, I, figure, I figure he wouldn't be physical, so we're talking about material stuff right now. Okay, so how about this? Let's go back to what we finished the last time I had to leave. Um, how is your God the creator if he doesn't enter creation? And if he does enter creation, well, you say he doesn't. So how do you uh, connect the cause with the effect, uh, the creator with the, the creation? Not sure I understood that one. Uh, how do you, because our position is our God had to uh, project himself or pierce or puncture the veil of eternity. And as soon as he did that, time and space was created simultaneously. So creation is outside of uh, of uh, the eternal reality. So how did your God create? Uh, did he create from eternity or outside of eternity? And if he did it from outside of eternity, and you don't cl and you claim that he did not enter creation, so how did he create? What do you mean by outside of eternity? Uh, so, uh, Isaiah fifty seven fifteen says our God inhabits eternity. So that's a different reality from the reality we, we live in in temporal space, right? So hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. So are you saying? That God needs to enter creation in order to create. 
No, I'm saying if he doesn't, then creation itself is eternal because it comes from eternity. Well, uh, I don't understand that at all. I yeah, I don't see how that. F so how did you how get that, to that conclusion? Oh, our God, maybe your God. I want to make it clear. Our God inhabits eternity. So he has to come out outside of eternity, project himself in order to create. What now, what is that your mean? God? Yeah, I don't. No, we no, don't no, understand that, what you, that even means. You you say he had like. So we, we agree. Allah SWT has the attribute of being eternal. Yeah. So okay, God where is, is he? So where is he right now? He doesn't have a beginning. He doesn't have an end. That's what I we know. mean by he's eternal. Okay, so, but where is he? so the question is: is now? Let's just stay on point. So you said he has okay. to leave eternity. Let, what let, does let, that let, even mean? I didn't say. I didn't, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Uh, let me rephrase. No, let me rephrase okay, okay. my words. I said he in, inhabits eternity. And he projected himself outside of eternity. The light. Remember the son of God, the light, the sun analogy? So he projects himself from eternity. He punctures the veil of eternity uh, that separates eternity from temporal space. And he projects himself. And wherever the light is, he created. So simultaneously, as that light was projecting from eternity, time and space was created and all, everything that's in it. So my question to you is, first of all, does your God inhabit eternity? That's the first does, is Is eternity a space? Exactly, no, it's not a space. Man. No, no, it's not, it's not a space. Why, okay, so why, what, do you, what do you mean by he's inhabiting eternity? Oh, so you're saying that because he inhabits eternity, it has to be spatial? No, we no, but you're asking what you're, you're, you're saying. You're saying, that, you're saying that, and then yeah. your question that comes after it seems to assume that. And that's why we're asking. No, 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 no. We've not made a claim yet. We've not made a claim yet. You've made the claims. We're asking you what you're on about. No, so, no, I, I'm saying, I'm saying, saying you're saying this and blah blah blah, blah to us. No, no, because you're, you're presupposing. No, because you're presupposing because he inhabits eternity that it has to be spacious. It has no, to no, be, no. Your question. No, we're asking to, you. Uh, understand yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not. We're not presupposing okay. it. We're asking so, I mean, you for clarification. So, 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 so let me make it clear. He inhabits eternity. So if he inhabits eternity, it cannot be temple space. So it means something else, a different yeah, reality. Yeah, we agree. Okay, okay, let me let me let me just tell you what the Islamic I th I th view. I thought. Okay, let, me, let me tell you what the Islamic view. The Please. Islamic view is Allah exists without beginning, without end. He's eternal in that sense. He chooses to create. Creation begins at a particular time. Simple. Okay. Okay. So qu quick question, and then uh, it's going to lead me to because I need to understand this. Are you saying your God is nowhere? Is he somewhere? Because our God well, is somewhere. See, see, we just exactly we just went back to this point when you when you were talking about inhabiting eternity and then breaking through it with the light and and then we said, well, what is eternity? And you're saying there is no spatial location. So you're saying God he breaks through this whatever inhabiting eternity is, and now he exists in a particular place. So where does he exist? No, no, I didn't say he exists. I'm saying that you he, said you you said that he occupies space. He has a place. No, he, he uh, I said. He inhabits eternity. So when I'm saying he inhabits eternity, when the, the fact that I see eternity means a different reality. So you cannot conflate that with uh, right. We're space. talking about now, okay. after eternity. Okay. Where is he? So where is he? When he projects himself from eternity, he's yeah. engaging, sustaining all of creation. Which I think your God is also sustaining creation. I don't know. Maybe that's yeah, what he is sustaining. How creation. is he doing that? How is he doing it? With his power. Does his power enter creation? What do you mean? Does this power enter creation? To sustain the, the cause is in eternity. The effect is in temporal space. If your power is not enter, entering time and space, then you're not sustaining it. How does he sustain uh, creation? Power, power is not a thing. It's not like an object that enters somewhere. It's an effect, right? 
is, is an effect. So the effect, is it tangible? Is no, it directly the, linked? The power is the cause. The effect is the fact that it's still existing. Okay. Does it have any tangible effects? The power that you're talking about from God, does it have yeah. any tangible effect on temporal space? Yeah. Yeah. Every moment. Okay. So explain to me. So how is that not saying that your God entered temp in temple space? Because God is not identical to power. Okay, so okay, no problem. We'll, we'll go with that. He has power. We, we, we can we go. We can go there. Power. Power is an attribute. No problem. We can go there. So explain to me now. How does that power not overwhelm and destroy temple space without the containment? Because Remember? he chooses. He chooses not to. He could destroy it in one moment if he wanted to. So you're saying he could not be powerful. I said that he could destroy what? everything that exists in one moment if he wanted to. I know, but the power is there, you said. You said is not... Uh, yeah, if he removes his power, if you want to talk about it in that language, if he removes his power, as you're saying, if he chooses not to sustain everything that exists, everything would crumble. I, I understand that point. That's not the angle I'm going. I'm going with the power itself. Why is it Yeah, the power itself is not a thing that is inhabiting creation. So, so it has no tangible effect with temp temple space. Power, power does not have a spatial location. That's the point. It's not a thing that occupies space. No, no, no. Here's, here's, here's the point I'm establishing here. You're saying that your God is powerful. In, uh, uh, his substance is power, right? Does that power project itself into temple space in order to sustain it? Doesn't, it? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. So, it so doesn't occupy it. space. It doesn't so occupy not, space. So you're not sustaining Power it. is not a thing that occupies space. That's what you're assuming that it is. It's not. <laughs> so what? It, so so how is it sustaining the uh, creation? <laughs> I feel like we're spinning in circles. Terry, one second. Terry, one second. Terry, one second. So you said your God. So your God, assuming from the problem you're putting forward, that your God basically needs to, his power needs to manifest in creation in order for him to create, right? But before he created, there, there wasn't space for his power to enter. So how was the space created in order for his power to enter good the question. space is what I want to know. Good question. Good question. And uh, I see how uh, uh, Yusuf is uh, smiling. Is what Watch how his face changes when I respond. Because yeah. as soon as he punctured, the action is from eternity. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Let him speak. Let him answer. Yeah, there is no puncturing. Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. I, according to our model, I'm doing exactly. Internal critique. You're not. You're not. No, you said according to our model, and then you're saying you're doing an internal critique. He asked That's me not a an internal critique. He That's asked me a question. I asked him. I asked him. Let, let I know. He asked but he's me a not, question. Yeah, but he's yeah, not yeah. doing an internal critique. I'm go doing on, a, a Christian model. I'm doing just the Christian do it, model. Okay, so just answer yeah. the question. Answer the question. Okay, so let me do it. Okay, so so the action is from eternity. The puncture on the veil. As soon as the puncture on the veil took place, that separates eternity from temporal space. There was no temporal space. I understand that. As soon as he punctured the veil, uh, simultaneously time and space was created. And as he's projecting his light from uh, uh, eternity, he's creating at the same time. So but, imagine but, a light. Understand? Imagine a light projection and creation at the same time. So I understand, but even against. even if they're at the same time, if creation isn't eternal, then you would need space that can, like you know, encompass his power, so that his power can go into it. If there's no space for his power to enter, to then no, 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 you, you didn't. didn't. You didn't. I, you didn't. You it's all the time. Punctured. No, 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 no. We had it. We don't need to. I punctured, Let me and as soon as I, he punctured it, there was nothing. Right? There was only the puncturing. As soon as I punctured, listen, listen. 
No, because this is the bit. This is the bit. Okay, this is why it's not an internal critique anymore. Listen, listen. listen. No, let me tell. Let me say. Yeah, go ahead. In in order to puncture, that thing has to exist already to be punctured. Yes. The the veil the veil already existed. Here's a logical into. argument, Terry. In order for your no, God to create you... his, one second, his power needs to enter creation. Creation okay. is not in- eternal. Creation is not eternal. It has a Amen. beginning. Therefore, Amen. your God couldn't have created because there was nowhere for his power to enter. So that's that's basically that's basically what I'm saying. Unless you're saying unless you're saying that creation is co-eternal with your God and yeah, his power manifests in creation, then you can't really solve this problem because there what Yusuf just said is because you're saying that there's something that's punctured and then space is created. But then how that's is the space... You see, you see, you see, you're not paying attention. I, one I more am time. paying attention. Let me, one more time. Wait, 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 one second, one second. Me, me, no problem, no problem. You, but you, cannot, you cannot say you responded to me when you're speaking over me because you didn't go respond ahead, go to ahead. me. Speak, speak. Re- go one ahead. more time. Go he ahead. inhabits eternity. So the, right. the veiling is eternal with him. He punctures that veil. As soon as that veil is, and is there's punctured, nothing outside, right? There's nothing outside. There's nothing outside. Listen, okay. listen. Yeah. As soon as he punctures it, time and space is created as the light is projected from that veil. So, so wait, a, listen, wait, listen, listen, veil... listen, 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 listen. The, here's here's the hole. Okay. Yeah. He yeah. enters. There's nothing, right? And the light comes. Let the light be. And as the light yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Go, let let him finish. Let him so, finish. Yusuf, Yusuf, try, try to pay attention. Pay attention. So that way you don't argue. Okay. So, so the veil. He punctures the veil. As soon as he punctures the veil, time and space, and the light is projecting. Right. So, picture the light is here right now. It's projecting. Time and space is creating, 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 creating simultaneously as the light is projecting. Projecting so, where? Hold on a second, thing. man. Hold on. Projecting from the very. As soon as he's projecting, time and space is being created simultaneously. Okay, okay. Is the veil, is the veil, okay, Terry, let's make this simple. Is the veil a part of him? No, it's part of the, 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 in, uh, what he inhabits. The veil is the eternity. The, okay, the place okay. where he inhabits. Oh, oh, well, you said it's a place where he inhabits, but before you said it wasn't a place. When I say a place, okay, I'm sorry. He inhabits eternity. If you don't want the word place, What's but the I, veil? I, I'm, is it a part of him or is it part of no? Creation? It's it's what he inhabits that place, or he inhabits eternity. It's not part of him. It's okay, what he then it's a place. It's a place then. Okay, but eternal place. Okay, and that's reality. my point. And before you said it wasn't a place, so now but, you but, came on here trying to do an internal critique to show a contradiction, and you proved your own possession contradictory. It's no, so no, funny. I have. Uh, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Come on, brother. Respond. No, yeah, no like, problem. You respond to you quickly. Man. No, 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 go, no problem. Because you think you made you you made a point. I did. Every time, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. No problem. No problem. This is, this so is let's right say word. this place. Right let's, let's say. Let's say. And and then I'm gonna go to the Quran and and try to see how you respond. No, you're I'm done. Saying, okay, one second. I said the place is an eternal place, so it's not temple. Yeah, it's not temple space. No, no, no. But listen, it's. I said it from the beginning. It's eternal. So it's not yeah, temple, but it's still but place. But this one is still, still not. Place. You cannot conflate it with temple space. So whatever point you're trying to establish is desperate on your part. No, it's Sean, not temple. It's different, yourself. different reality. Terry, bro, calm reality. down. Calm down. Second, okay, second Terry, point. Terry, second Terry, point. Terry, second point. Terry, is it Terry, Allah gonna inhabit? Uh, wait, 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 question. Aren't no, you going? No, heaven, no, aren't you going to heaven with uh, with Allah? 
No, is brother, brother listen, listen, this is the point. When you go to heaven, you, you, your own position you is contradictory. Your own position you go, is contradictory. Aren't you going to heaven with Allah? Your, your Terry, own position you is contradictory. That, if you think that God's you know power... I know, I know, needs, I know. One second, one second. If you think that God's power needs to enter creation in order for him to create, but you also Amen. think he existed eternally alone and there was no place for his power to go, then literally he cannot create. I mean, what does that mean? there's nothing simultaneous that can happen because there's no place for his light or power to go. There's no place. There's you can't say any simultaneous say word. Simultaneously power. with the light. Then I say simultaneously. Simultaneously, where's yeah, the light going, not, man? There's no place. Listen, I listen. Just, your position. I, I know is there's no place. I know yeah. there's no place. Yeah. But as the light has a creating force. So as the light is creating, projecting, it, yeah, yeah, listen, you see yeah, that paying attention, like the yeah, like that. So, so, so if you know that, why are you making a, a ridiculous because statement? Because that's the point. As... That's, that's our position. The point no, is, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not arguing, point... ex Milo. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. saying, where does it come I from? Think, where you. does it come from? It's not ex Milo saying where, you created where, from nothing. Where, where did where it come from? Taylor. Thank you. Creation. Yeah, where does it come from? Then you're again, you're saying that he was in a place. So your God is nowhere. You just said that he wasn't in a place, and now answer. you're saying that he wasn't. He is now, in a place. God has a place. Where's your God at? Yeah, but nowhere? you said before from eternity past he didn't have a place, and now you're saying that he does. You contradicted yourself. You got I'm caught saying, out, brother. I said place. You're old for three. You're old for three. Where's like your God? Where's your God? Where's your God at? Nowhere. Listen, delicious. No problem. No delicious. problem. Delicious. Delicious. I'm telling you, I'm not. I'm not tasting what you're serving, brother. Not tasting what you're serving. You misrepresented my argument. No, no, God is nowhere. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Thank you, guys. Thanks for coming on, Taylor. Appreciate it. God is nowhere. No problem. Delicious. Thanks for coming on, Taylor. Bye. Yeah, we're not. I'm not tasting what you're serving, buddy. Sorry to tell you. Not interested. I know that Christians believe that they can drink and eat their God, but I'm not tasting it. Sorry. See, even this notion of veil, like he, he says the well, veil. I wanted to bring that in because I thought he was going to say, yeah, it is a part of God. And then I was going to show, well, now there's a hole in the veil and that hasn't been plugged up. So now God is like have a, has a hole in him. But even he didn't even want to say that because now he said it's, it is a place, but before it wasn't a place. Even the, word veil, even the word veil presupposes that there's a distinction between that which is veiled. Yeah, there's something on the other side. Being, yeah, that which is being veiled from. Yeah. So, like, he's not... Silly. And then he's yeah. saying it's being punctured. So you've got this thing that isn't God, that surrounds God, that hides it from nothing. So it's not like veiling at all. There's no yeah, veil. The power, the power goes towards nothing. I, I mean, what, yeah. what, it's, it's like he's thinking right. of nothing as, like, you know, just like a vacuum. Yeah, let's go to Cool Kid. We got the last person here. Yeah. Uh, cool Kid better be a Cool Kid. Because yeah. this would be a nice ending if Cool Kid is a, is a cool, uh, cool Kid. Assalamualaikum. He's already cool. Yeah, I, I just have a question I'm confused about. Uh, so, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran, he says, Allah khalaqakum wa ma ta'amadun. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created you and, and your actions. So, if creating... If creating your actions entails determining them, then to say we have free will would be a contradiction, wouldn't it be? So there's a number of ways to. Well, do, hold on. I want to know do you believe that we have free will? Yes, I do. Okay, so how do you answer that? Um, or you just don't know? I would just say, uh, yeah, I don't know, actually. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Sharif. 
Yeah, so there's a number of uh, tafsirs that you can look at in terms of that particular verse. Yeah? One of the explanations is uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created your ability to perform the action. So, for example, let's take your hand. Your hand was created that could work and it was created with the capacity that could steal. So if you make a choice between the two, you're not choosing outside of the creation of Allah because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created you with that capacity and that capability. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created you and your handiwork in that context, yeah? But also I think from, from my memory, that particular verse is actually specific to a particular incident. Uh, it's not to be taken generally. I'd have to check the tafsir of that verse though. Yeah, I don't. I think it's being misused. If you look at in the context of that verse, <coughs> it's talking about the idols that were um, Abraham was dealing with. So, if you go back, starting um, at verse eighty-three, and indeed among his kind was Abraham when he came to his Lord with a sound heart, and when he said to his father and his people, "What do you worship? It, is it falsehood as gods other than Allah you desire?" Then what, it, then what is your thought about the Lord of the worlds? And he cast a look at the stars and said, Indeed, I am I'm about to be ill. So they turned away from him, departing. Then he turned to their gods, speaking about the idols, and said, Do you not eat? What is wrong with you that you do not speak? And he turned upon them a blow with his right hand. Then they, the people, came toward him, hastening. He said, Do you worship that which you yourselves carve. And the very next verse is while Allah created you and that which you make. So it's referring to the, the idols in the previous verse and saying, why are you worshiping the creation, which Allah has created when he created you and the idols, which you're making, which you're carving. That's what it's referring to. Okay. Yeah. I guess, um, because the translation that I have here it says "do." Uh, yeah, so, I understand. So, yeah, but if I you guess. if you if you literally read it in context and look at the previous verse, I think it's quite clear. Okay, okay. That, but but okay. even even on the other reading, I mean, I think yeah, I think Jake is right clearly on on that with that context. But even on the other reading, I mean, it doesn't necessitate that you know he chooses the act for us. So it's the freely freely chosen act that he actualizes basically so god knows what our free choice will be and he just actualizes that if if you're gonna take that uh, reading of it but then i think the context that jake provided is just that that's sufficient really yeah i mean it, it says ta'maluna, which is what you make or what you do quite literally but again in the context that can very easily be referring to the previous verse when it's talking yeah. about it's created you and uh, what you datmaluna? I mean, what you make. Yeah. So I, yes. I don't see how uh, there would be any problem there. Okay, thank you. I I, I think I just got confused. Uh, yeah, but yeah, thanks. It's <laughs> yeah. interesting, cool yeah. kid. Just uh, just as a wider point, the Jabriya who denied uh, free will, and they used to use some of these verses to try to justify that. Now the problem is, is that when you have certain metaphysical commitments. Uh, in terms of particular persuasions and beliefs and then you go to the Quran you start quote mining the Quran uh, in order to try to prove your particular position your theological position rather than allowing the Quran to inform your theological position so you try to justify it from the Quran because you've already got it in your head 
what your particular position is. So, yeah, I've come across that particular verse, and it's been a while since I checked the particular tafsir of that verse. Uh, but it doesn't, I don't think it, uh, it's not understood in the context that, therefore, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala causes you to uh, do the action and you don't have any free will. It's, I don't think it's ever been understood that. Uh, Abdurrahman gave one possible explanation, which is like an Ashari explanation, and Jake talked about the context of the, the verse. Uh, the verses as well within that context as well. All right, thank you. Yeah, thank you. No problem. Bye bye. Assalamualaikum All right, so that's the uh, end of the show. Three and a half hours in. I, yeah. This whole yeah. uh, try to keep it short around the two hour mark just went completely out the window. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I think you the... know what I liked. I liked that Matthew came on, and I think he. I think he learned something. You know, no, I'm not trying to be like, you know, critical of it, but I think he did learn something about what a logical contradiction is, an internal critique, and then more of an evidentialist argument uh, and the difference between them. So I think that was a good thing. If we can get through to one person, isn't it? It's always good. Inshallah. <laughs> Nobody he's, else he's, seems so convinced. Well, no, he's like, he's, I don't know. Coming out with stuff like this. So, oh, did we lose Jake? If the Quran is so controversial and has been for 1400 years, it does not seem very miraculous. No, I don't think the issue <laughs> is that the controversy of the Quran, like I said, is that certain uh, theological groupings like the Jabriya, like the Mu'tazila, they came to their theological positions because of certain external influences in philosophy main, mainly from the greek positions and so from they've already presupposed certain things without being informed by islam and then they retrospectively try to read the quran as a way to justify you can literally do that with any book it doesn't require you know i could take data points for covid19 vaccines and prove that it's effective and also try to demonstrate that it's ineffective as well if i want to quote mine some of the data points, I could say, yeah, COVID-19 causes more deaths. So uh, the, the vaccine causes more deaths. So, you know, it's, it's literally anything. But rather what you try to do is you try to remove as many of your metaphysical commitments, your presuppositions, and try to read and understand the Quran and let that inform you regards to your theology, not the other way around. And when you do that, there are no issues regards to what the Islamic beliefs are. And certainly the fundamental concepts of Islam you know, a clear cut, they are firmly established. I don't know if uh, yeah. Abdul wants to say anything or yourself. Sorry, I was just going to add that controversy doesn't equate to falsehood either. It's like you can speak <laughs> to some people in certain parts of the world, and uh, and they might hold this notion that the you know, there's something absurd, like, um, I don't know, any any of the absurd claims that, are, that, that people deny things that are. Like, yeah, the earth universe, is flat like, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, we didn't go to the moon. We didn't do this. We didn't do that. Yeah, th these things they, they have answers. They have a truth value. Yusuf, now and... that you said we haven't gone to the moon, uh, yeah, as a conspiracy, we're gonna get loads of comments in the section saying, "Brother, don't you know we didn't go to the moon? It's all fake." I, I, to be honest, personally, <laughs> I don't incline to either one. I, I'm just pointing it out. 
So, yeah, okay. for me, so I, I even understand some of the points they make. Uh, although I wouldn't say that I know we didn't go to the moon. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's a whole other topic. But no, no, no. Uh, and I, one I, I think it might be fun. I don't know about pink elephants. Do an episode on it. Let's do an episode on it. That might be something But it's a possibility, though, It's logically possible. Metaphysically impossible. Yeah, I mean, on that, I think I'd rather comment on that than the whole controversy thing, because, to be honest, I've heard enough today. But but the thing about logical possibilities, and I think this is good because it's related directly to the topic of the stream, is that a lot of people take logical possibilities way too seriously. Like, I, I know a guy, a Muslim, who takes the idea that, you know, it is possible that we're in a simulation very, very seriously in the sense that he literally can't get rid of the question. I mean, no matter how satisfying the answers may seem to be, it's just, that's it, but what if? Uh, and and that's, that's, that's a problem because people assume that just because something is po- possible, then maybe they should, like, lose sleep over it or something. But uh, possibility has nothing to do with plausibility i mean something needs to be possible in order as a minimum criteria as jake mentioned in order for it to you know uh have the capacity to be true or to be eligible for 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 you know uh, that kind of assessment Uh, but that's just a minimum requirement and i think what we do when we're when we're when we're critiquing things when we're doing internal critiques of certain positions or worldviews is that we're trying to show that this position is not possible Right now, if it were shown that it is possible, that doesn't make it true. I mean, it doesn't solve the problem and that that's it. Suddenly, you know, it becomes true. So the idea of an internal critique is like truth by contradiction is the easiest way to show that something is false. Right. So, I mean, if you believe in A and not A or something that entails it, then that's the, the easiest way to show that your belief is false is to demonstrate that contradiction. And uh, and uh, again, that's a minimum bar uh, for your beliefs to be coherent. And from there, there's some more work to be done to to, to show whether it's uh, you know to show that it's your position is plausible, it's reasonable, and it's uh, actually a justified true belief. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's kind of hinges on this epistemic way. It's like just right. The, the 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 age of the universe is a good goal to one um the universe was created 14 billion years ago 13.78 billion years ago yeah all right sorry <laughs> or it was uh created five minutes ago uh, you know the whole or last thursday you know last thursday ism the whole universe was created last thursday with everything in it including all historical evidences and all memories etc now both are possible or the pink elephant all the pink elephant, elephant. Yeah, 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 yeah. All the pink elephant. Um, they're, they're possible, but the question is, is like which one has more epistemic weight? Um, you know, because we could do it for every possible minute is possible. It could have been done one minute ago, two minutes ago. You could do it, you know, into seconds, and then you have this sort of infinite number of um, times at which the universe could have possibly have begun. But then the question isn't just like whether or not it's possible. It's like what reasons do we have to believe this possibility over that one? And just pointing out that five minutes ago is possible does not make it epistemically equal in terms of its weight to the possibility that it was created 14 or 13.8, whatever, billion years ago. Um, you know, there, there is evidence that leads you into one direction rather than the other. And so for that reason, you don't have to just jump on this because someone's brought it up as a possibility. 
Um, it's like, well, okay, you've, it's possible that the universe was created in a simulation and we lived in some sort of matrix, but like, what evidence do you have to suggest that one in particular? Like, what reasons are there for that? Simply, other than just pointing out that it's a possibility. You, you need more than just pointing out it, it as a possibility. You need more reasons. Um, and you know people they they don't understand this and they just sort of um they flatten the the playing field and just putting forward things as possibilities they then assume that that means you know the, the they become equal and that it's just as possible as that and it's like no 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 like it's not just about whether or not you've shown it's possible it's about like can you justify that as well and yeah Cool. I think uh, I think we should end it there. I think Jake yeah, had definitely. to go, uh, but I, I hope uh, I hope people. Uh, it's it's a it's a difficult topic maybe for some people to understand, and I'm looking at the atheists out there. <laughs> and the reason why I'm looking at them is because I think what I've sensed with a lot of atheists when they watch our streams, <laughs> it's like they come with a mindset of I've got to defeat them, I've got to counteract them, I've got to show that they're wrong. And, you know, we, we appreciate them coming on and watching it and uh, things like that. Uh, but I hope they can appreciate that we're trying to help them as well as the other people, as well as Muslims as well, to really understand how to create an argument. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I hope people like Matthew and others understand how to create a good argument in order to say, OK, you know, you, you can now understand and appreciate the ideas better. Yeah, uh, on this particular, you know, when it comes to the issue of critiquing other people's worldviews, you know, it's like Terry came on. He said, I'm going to make an internal critique. And he didn't even know the, the positions within Islam. So, you know, just be be good in your argumentations, inshallah. inshallah. Uh, what was that? What was that comment? Sharif was really funny. Or what? Uh, would you give a kid poison chocolate? It depends. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna I, honestly, bro. That is gonna get clipped, and it's gonna be like the state of the Muslim community. They want to <laughs> poison your children with poison chocolate. Oh god! Right. Anyway, uh, Abdul, I don't know if you want to say anything final, or oh, you said what you need to say. Um, yeah, I think I'm okay. <laughs> Jazakallah khair brothers Jazakallah khair to the audience uh, And for the support that you show All the time inshallah Hopefully we'll Well hopefully inshallah We'll see you in two weeks time If actually no We're going to We're going to do a review Aren't we Ah yeah let me explain this Just before we uh, go So Abdurrahman Had about a 15 Was it 15 minute discussion With Armin Navabi oh, Whatever his name is I, I don't I don't know Maybe Around 15 Yeah possibly Yeah yeah What's his name Armin Armin, Armin Navabi Yeah, yeah Navabi 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 I'm not sure uh, Yeah so yeah, he's something. a famous Apparently he's a well known Ex-Muslim I've never actually Watched any of his stuff But he's a well known Ex-Muslim He had a discussion with him We're going to do A bit of a review It's only 15-20 minutes But it was a good discussion Inshallah uh, Keep your eyes open for that That'll be within the next week Or so If we get time Inshallah um otherwise we'll see you next two weeks time inshallah assalamu alaikum so if you haven't already subscribe oh, make yes. sure to click the the little bell button and turn on all notifications so you get all the notifications uh you can become a member uh by clicking the join button um underneath or just by uh typing youtube 
patreon.com forward slash thought adventure podcast forward slash join or you can go to our patreon uh, the links for that's in the description as well uh, and you can support us via there um other than that uh follow us on social media at t underscore a podcast i think it is um should have it here yeah here we go at t underscore a underscore podcast or you just search thought adventure podcast on facebook i think we're on instagram as well and we're also on all of the major podcast platforms uh including apple spotify and whichever other ones google yeah google yeah so if you if you like to download them you can check us out on there as well but yeah other than that so subscribe you know follow us on social media become a a supporter if you would wish to um other than that share our content you know just that clicking that share button posting it on twitter uh you know sharing it with your friends or whatever word of mouth as well you know mentioning people um and you know pointing them in our direction is is really beneficial as well because alhamdulillah we've shot up recently i think we're on nearly eight thousand subscribers alhamdulillah uh so thank you to everyone who's been a part of that and um you know been involved with the support but other than that yeah i'll leave it there so uh unless you want to add anything no and uh, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.